Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. We got a full house tonight. We got Pete B. We got Pat L. Tyler's here. Jake's here. I'm here. It is the official funeral of the 2022 Boston Red Sox. A lot of weird feelings. I feel like it's it the, the vibes are very strange right now because it's the end of the season but I think a lot of us are try- we know it's the end of the Dennis Eckersley in the broadcast booth era. We're trying to figure out is it the end of the Xander Bogarts era? Uh we're pretty sure it's the end of the JD Martinez era. It's just a fucking strange day with weird vibes. And the fact that it was a four o'clock game also makes it even weirder. Like I'm like right now, like mentally, I'm like, all right, the we the game's over, the series is over, so we do a podcast, right? Okay, cool. Uh, it's it's eight o'clock or it's eight thirty. Usually we would start at like eleven. So I'm I'm just all fucked up on so many levels. Um, but I I don't even really know where to start. I really don't even know where to start. I guess I guess we can all just say a few words on uh. The, the end of the 2020, the 2022 Boston Red Sox season. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Um, they were a baseball team. They were a baseball team. They were a baseball team. Jake? Yeah, I mean, they were definitely out there playing ball. (laughs) (laughs) They were out there playing ball. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, just Just a team that never quite got off the ground. I mean, talent was there somewhat, not really. I mean, offensively, sure. Bullpen was terrible. Uh, starters not great health wise. I know Alex Cora. I wish we, I wish I asked Jay Stu for that audio of Alex Cora talking about, um, like, yeah, we had injuries, but other teams that are going to the playoffs had injuries too. Like, like, stop using that excuse. So, yeah, they did have their injuries, but other teams did as well. And, uh, the Red Sox finish 78 wins, 78, 78 wins. 78 wins. What a just a fucking weird year. Just a weird season. Never. I mean, the one thing that if you listen to Alex Cora talk after the game tonight, his message was more or less. Yeah, we're disappointed with the results, but everyone in here kind of busted their ass and everyone worked really hard. And it's a it's a great group. That's in the clubhouse. So I mean, there's definitely been years where the Red Sox have had disappointing seasons. And then you're kind of just like looking around the clubhouse being like, well, fuck that guy. And this guy sucks too. I just never felt that way with this team. Like there's no one on this team where I'm like, yeah, 
this guy kind of fucking sucks. Like it's hard to root for that team knowing that this guy was over here. But uh, Pat, do you have any words for the 2022 Boston Red Sox? You know, not particularly. Okay. And this team was this team was as 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 one of the more frustrating teams in recent memory. Yeah. Sure, that's fair. Um, Peter. Um. I don't regret that it happened, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I mean. That's like uh, Pete's just like digging up old experiences of like, yeah, I did. <laughs> what line did I use at that party? <laughs> I was just like, that chick, not particularly the one that I would have went with, but I don't regret it. She's really nice. That's right. Bad Tyler. times can be a can be a learning experience too. That's what Alex Cora said. He said he learned a lot this year. Mm-hmm. He said he learned a lot. Tyler, what uh, what words do you have for this for this baseball team? Pat already left. I think I'm beyond the point of threatening my life and you know saying some of those crazier things that were happening in the middle of the summer. Um, but I think it's just been a year ups and downs. Like you said, it, things never really got going. Got going. We saw it for a bit in May and June, but. You know, there were plenty of things, whether it was injuries derailing them, you had underperformance derailing them, the front office letting them down at before the year started, not having a direction, letting them down at the trade deadline by once again, not having a proper direction. Um, just not a good year, r- really anywhere. You, you just had different areas of the team and the franchise let you down. And yeah, like you said, you don't hate anyone on this team. Really? I know I crap on Ryan Brazier a lot. He's probably the closest thing to that. And I thought it was fitting what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> the way things ended today with the Verdugo robbery coming out of his glove. Or out of his glove. But yeah, it's just a year. Move forward. It made me hate baseball at times, for sure. But still, I was there every single game. I think we all pushed through 162. I don't regret being there, but goddamn, I can't take another season like this. And I'm proud of Alex Cora for the way he kind of talked about things today. because. I think he set the tone for the offseason when the front office and Sam Kennedy have danced around it, kind of, you know, saying, you know, the generic answers. Alex Cora told you today, like, get put your fucking foot on the gas now or none of this is going to work in a year from now. Things you think this is bad. You don't want to picture what a year looks like or a year from now looks like if something plays out similar to this again. I just asked Jimmy for the audio. So Perfect. I'm going to. I'm going to play that when we get it because it was encouraging. Oh, here it is already. Jimmy's the best. He's, I fucking love that, dude. All right. Here's Alex Cora. Oh, John, for this one. Oh, yeah. The rain scared me. I guess like to slip. It scared the Red Sox. I've been here since Judge. Since Judge. <laughs> is this like the fucking full audio? This is, he just sent me 17 goddamn minutes. <laughs> uh, I, I really want. I'm going to have to like fucking, uh, you know what? I'm just going to skip through it. Yeah, John. Jesus Christ. Let's see. Push hard in the off season. You know, the oh, okay. Season. This, yeah, it's right in the beginning. Questions. Oh, okay. 
the last month and uh, you know the planning's in place for my end you know uh, one of the things that I, I really want is a sense of urgency yeah um, you know it's that's the word that, as an organization we've done it throughout the years and we have to push hard in the off season you know the message you know it's going to be now I love the I love the future uh, you know we we love the past we don't like this past right but I think living in the present and pushing hard is something that we we're going to talk a lot you know I think uh, that's something that it, it, it pushes you to be great and it's not that we didn't do it this year but I think the message should be louder and uh, we know where we are we know where we finish I think we know where everybody is going to expect us to be next year too because of the vision and uh, you just got to be ready just got to all right so i think the big takeaway there is that the the word urgency and and maz made the point on the baseball hour tonight when he was saying like you know i think that cora had conversations with ownership with heim bloom being like hey i didn't sign up for this shit like i did not come back to the boston red sox for a rebuild and the word urgency to me in this context says, hey, you need to go big this offseason. And it doesn't just stop with, hey, we gave Xander Bogarts like $200 million or whatever the fuck he's going to end up getting. Bare like, minimum. Yeah. Like, you, like that's just, that's just your, your, your entrance fee. That's your pay to play. Like, go out there and give Xander Bogarts fucking, you know, whatever it is, 200 plus million to, to stay in Boston. Now you go. You go from there. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at this offseason and be like, oh, you know, I saw the way that Xander came off the field. You know, he's tipping his cap. It looks like the end. No, but I'm sure that he's cognizant of the fact that it might be. I think a lot of us are. And one of the things that I had dropped on the show with Tony was, you know, I've had conversations in the last week or so with people that... um feel optimistic about something getting done before the World Series, which surprised me. Like I did not, uh, that wasn't on my radar. I thought for sure, because the question, so I took that conversation <clears throat> and the, the gist of it, and I kind of posed it to someone else in the organization. And I was like, yeah, I kind of heard like, but maybe something will get done before the World Series. Is that is that a thing? And the response was more along the line of, of, of my question kind of lined up of if he's this close to free agency, why wouldn't he just go? Like at least just to see. And it's a, it's a very valid question as it pertains to, to Xander Bogart's signing a new deal with Boston before the World Series. Like you are literally on the one yard line of free agency and you're going to take a deal before you can get you know, big money offers from a guy like Dave Dombrowski. There's plenty of like everyone goes to the Phillies and Dave Dombrowski, but there's definitely other teams out there that will be interested in Bogart services, especially as there are a lot of teams that have big name free agents at the shortstop position. So, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I think I think as we get more removed from like the, the end of this season, I'm hoping that there will be some rumors out there. Like I'm hoping that we'll start to hear rumblings of you know, the Red Sox are pretty like report breaking sources. The Red Sox are, are pretty 
focused on getting something done with Xander Bogarts before the World Series. Like just something to confirm the the rumors, you know, like ah, something from some reputable source would be nice. I think like and there's been, I don't know, a little bit of a mouse trail. And this is why what you're saying is interesting to me, Jared. The weird little dancing around of the opt-out conversation this last month, I think, has been something people haven't been talking about enough with the Red Sox really saying, even Cora, it's his decision whether he's going to do it or not. We're going to kind of go from there. (laughs) Xander Bogart saying, I'm not sure if I'm opting out yet. I think that's both of them not even wanting to approach that hill yet to say, listen, the one bright spot we have right now out of not making the postseason out of having basically a month before the pl- or the offseason starts, we can talk. We don't have to walk down this road of you opting out and hitting that free agent market. We can talk and we can add on years here. I know we only gave you one extra year at 30 before the season started, but we can throw maybe four years at 30 and kind of give you an AAV that's higher than Trevor's story and get you there. You don't have to hit free agency. Because I think as much as Scott Boris, listen, if there's any guy that wants to hit free agency, it's Scott Boris. I think if you give Xander Bogarts a fair deal, like he bowed the knee before and went against what Scott Boris told him beforehand when he signed that first extension, I know you hate this, Pat, when he signed that first extension, Scott Boris did not want him to do that. But Xander Bogarts at the end of the day said, this is where I want to be. I think if you approach it the right way with him here, you get there. And listening to the broadcast today, Eck and Dave O'Brien made it clear multiple times when John Henry was in the booth saying goodbye to Eck and all this stuff. Whoa, like he is serious about fixing things. He is extremely upset with where everything's at. And I don't know. I think the Red Sox ownership is extremely sensitive right now, considering the way they reacted to the first time Jared put anything out that there was maybe, you know, Bloom could be out or something along those lines. When we talked a few months back, they're sensitive and they know they are the least interesting thing in town right now. The Patriots fucking suck. No one, they're falling off the map. The Bruins are mediocre. They're the definition of mid. They don't get anyone excited. The Celtics, they have the biggest scandal going on in sports right now. There's a chance for the Red Sox to be the biggest story in town with the big offseason. Ownership has a chance to fix it. And as we've seen before, when they aren't the big story, when they fall out of favor, they usually go all out. I think we're going to see that this offseason. Now, does it mean it's going to work? No, they got to do it the right way. But I think... Over the next couple months, we're going to see them push a lot of chips in here to try and basically erase all this bad taste and memories of 2022. <clears throat> Patrick, as a as an educated baseball man, but a let's call it casual viewer of the Boston Red Sox, what could the Red Sox do to get more of your attention, more of your time next year? First off, I want to address Tyler. Um, Zanabar is going to free agency. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no fucking way he does not go to free agency. There's no point. The only thing, only person, unless Sanders all for some reason scared of free agency, which he won't be. Um, there, it only benefits the Red Sox for him to come to not hit free agency. It doesn't benefit Xander at all. Xander's going to get people to throw money at him, and it's only going to raise the fucking product. Even if the Red Sox throw the bag at him right now and give him fucking forty million a year, he can just go say, "Hey, Dave, they gave me forty. You willing to do it?" He's like, I'll do 41. Yeah, let's see if we can get 42 out of the Red Sox. Like, there's no benefits to Xander except for him being nice. 
Um, and that's what I'm telling you. I think Xander Bogarts is one of the few athletes and the few guys who will bend that knee because he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. I think the Red Sox have taken advantage of that to some degree, and maybe he doesn't care anymore. Maybe that is what pushed him away. But the fact that he went against what Scott Boris wanted the first time, I think if you give him what he wants to stick around with Devers, the right vision and the way ownership has been, you know, ownership, the front office has been talking the last month or so. I it feels t- like they're setting everyone up like I can tell for you, Xander, Xander Bogarts to be here. I, I, can, tell you, of, I can tell you earlier on in Xander's career, he's turned them down for big money before and, and listened to Scott. So I'm more than I know he's willing to do it again. Uh, but regardless of that, Go to Jared's question. Um, I don't know. I remember talking to you guys earlier in the season about this free agent class, and there there wasn't anything like super exciting about it, right? It's not one of these free agent classes that we're all like, oh, who's going to get this guy or who's going to get that guy, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So it's not a super exciting free agent class. So it's to turn me into a 162 guy or a 140 guy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's a guy out there that you can you can go get that would really get me going. I just want I just want like I said I've said this for you know I've been on probably five episodes in the last five months, and I think I've said it every episode I've been on is I'm just I'm like I'm sick and tired of rooting for the fucking like Marlins. Like I feel like I'm not I'm not, there's no I don't this is not a real team. This is you know yeah we had some. Yeah, like Alex Cora talking about like we had a good group of guys. Yeah, that's great. Nice guys. That's that's fun to have. But like who gives a shit? Like, you know, either you're a good baseball team, you're not, and right now we're not, and we're not paying anyone to be good. We're I mean, what'd you expect with injuries? I mean, you signed fucking James Paxton, uh fucking Waka, like uh, you just you signed fucking you went to some you went to a bunch of other teams' training rooms. You said, Hey, I'll I'll pay you to come play for us, even though you're probably gonna be in our training room over here. It it was not a it was not a productive offseason. Um and if Heim holds true to word, it won't be another productive one unless John Henry has his way. Well at least I hope that John Henry has his way, but he seems focused on building, you know, Fenway Sports Group. So well, the, I don't know. The word in the street is that Tom Warner is the one that's like, let's fucking go. Like I, I haven't heard much about John Henry and where he, like the temperature that he's at in terms of you know, does, he's the one with the wallet, but yeah. I, from what I've heard, like Warner was, is the one that's like, let's, let's go like, let's fucking, let's get the Red Sox back to being relevant again. So that's encouraging to hear because when those guys get pissed and when they're like, Hey, let's fucking go. The Red Sox go, whether, whether the general manager who's in place at the time wants that to be the case or not. Uh, that's usually the end result is, is the ownership gets what they want. Um, yeah, I think the thing that with the Red Sox right now, Jared, and it's even in since, you know, I can't speak for before 2012 because I didn't really follow the Red Sox before I got drafted by them. But, you know, it seems as though when we fail, we fail massively. Like, we don't just fail. Like, it's like win a World Series, be the worst team in baseball. Win a World <laughs> Series, be the worst team in baseball. Like, there's, there's no middle ground for us. We're not like... Um, you know, I'd, I'd much rather be the, the Red Sox for the last decade than be the New York Yankees. But like, Yankees are in it every fucking year. Like, they're still there. You know, they're always fighting for something. And this year, like, I mean, I'm not a 162 guy by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> you know, I think maybe, maybe watch 30 games this year. Hmm. And like, 
I, it's it, the team sucks. Like the team's not fun to watch. There's nothing. To, there's nothing exciting about. It. I watch more Yankee games this year probably than the rest of the game. That also has to do with me living here. They're always on TV here, so that's that's a lot to do with that. But you know, it's just this club is just not. The, it's not the team that you know when you got drafted by the Red Sox as a player. You're like this team. This team. You know, as or, as the kids are saying, this team fucks. Uh, you know, this is it, it's this isn't that team anymore. This isn't the fucking. It doesn't have the prestige that the Yankees have, um, because like, well, you know, the Yankees are never the worst team in baseball. When I mean, I love that stat, Tyler or Jake. Um, when was the last time the Yankees had the worst record in baseball? Like, I can't remember a time in my lifetime that they were anywhere close. So it's like I just I'd like a little more consistency. And if, if not, just fucking spend some money. Xander Bogers is going free agency though. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. No, I trust your insight on this because you definitely know that whole relationship slash I don't Scott know. Boris, I, be, you know what fair, I mean? To be fair, Scott is 100% telling him to go free agency. We all know that. I have no insight into what Xander's thinking currently. Jared would have way more in that world than I do. I'm out of the loop in, in the Red Sox clubhouse now. I think I know one guy. And maybe Do I know anyone else, Jared, besides, besides backpacks? <laughs> um... Mm. I don't think so, right? Because Vasquez was my other guy. Yeah, that's probably it. Unless, unless so you know, want to say yeah. Xander, yeah. Oh, I guess I know. I know. I know Devers too. I played with Devers, but um, you know, I don't. I don't have any insight now. Uh, but from a purely business perspective, it makes no sense for Xander to sign early unless he's just out of the goodness of his heart, which he is a nice guy. Uh, but I mean, why would you be kind to this team that has dicked you around all year? Um, and yeah, I said, you know, there's for Xander to go and sign with the Boston Red Sox between now and the World Series. It, it, like I said, it only benefits the Red Sox. Even again, even if they did throw 40, 40 a year at him, like why still? Okay, now you got one unbelievable fucking offer in the bag. Let's go see if we can get it higher. Like why not? Unless the Red Sox say, well, it goes away at the end of at the end of, after the World Series. Like, okay, well, I'll fucking call that bluff in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think that's what the conversation is. I think the Red Sox have been calling Xander's bluff for some time now. And I, I think realistically, they probably felt pretty good about calling that bluff in the middle of the year. But, you know, the offensive numbers, obviously, he was in the conversation for a batting title. He didn't end up getting there. But the defense improved significantly this year. He's 88th percentile. It's above average. I think that's what the Red Sox were really saying. Like, hey, we'll let you go play out there and prove to everybody else you can't play shortstop anymore. Look at your metrics. You've been one of the worst defensive shortstops in baseball your whole career. He went out there and he put out one of the best seasons out of anyone. So for all those conversations about him no longer being a shortstop, he's a shortstop. Um, I, I think, it just in my opinion, I view Xander as someone, one of the few players that cares that much about being here. Someone that calls his idol Derek Jeter and says, like, I want to be like Derek Jeter. I want to spend my entire career with one place. I think it's just about being fair. And I think Xander has leverage now to say, hey, you pull me out of this clubhouse. Find a guy on this team that hasn't spoke out for me this year. There's already a huge problem between the players in the front office. You have Alex Cora speaking in multiple outlets, you know, speaking with Brian Barrett and uh, Bill Simmons saying, we're prepared. We're preparing like we have Xander Bogarts for next season. That's how we're going into this offseason. Alex Cora, how many more times can he say, this is my shortstop? As long as I'm manager here, I want Xander Bogarts to be my shortstop. Trevor Story, the guy you brought in. Say the say the idea was for him to take over. He said, "I want yeah. Xander Bogarts here." Sarah Story's like, "Fuck no." 
you're putting yourself in a spot here where uh, let's be real. There's already a mutiny in the clubhouse. And some of those guys aren't coming back because of that exact reason. I think Bogarts can say, hey, yeah, you guys fucked me over this off se- last offseason. I'm going to make you give it up a little. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to give you close to a team-friendly deal. I'm not looking to cash the biggest check. I've never seen Xander that way. And I'd be surprised if that was the bag he went after. I think he cares more about being a Red Sox for the rest of his career. Right. And a lot of this is not like we're all fans here. Like no one is like, uh, you know, working at a newspaper or anything. But Alex Spear was in the booth the other night. And he was like, yeah, no, I, I think I'll be back. Add Jen McCaffrey on the baseball hour to that list yesterday, another reporter. And as Spear reported a couple weeks ago, we hit on this, uh, Jared, a couple episodes ago. Rival executives are all saying the same thing. They don't think Xander is going to want to leave here. They, they don't expect him to leave Boston. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just don't, this time around, expect the Red Sox to use that aspect of it against him. It's like, all right, you want to be here. That's great. Let's work together on a deal that makes sense for the both of us. And the one thing that we brought up tonight with Tony was deferred money. Uh, I said, Xander Bogarts is not a mercenary. He's not a hired gun. He came up here. He's been here his whole career, his whole baseball life. Uh, I think he gave you somewhat of a team-friendly deal the last time. Uh, This time, I mean, three years for 60 is too friendly. So let's let's do him a little bit better here, especially on the on the front end of that deal. Like if you want to make it a little bit lighter on the back end, fine. Um, but then the deferred money helps with the luxury tax. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna be the captain of the Boston Red Sox, um, something like deferred money in order to bring down the 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 luxury tax impact that matters because you're you're signing up to be here long term. You've been here long term. And your legacy in Boston is is important to you. I, like if the Red Sox were to sign Aaron Judge in the offseason, he don't give a fuck about your deferred payments and the like luxury, whatever. Fuck you, pay me. Like that is Aaron Judge made that loud and clear to the New York Yankees. Fuck you, pay me. That is not the the mindset that I think Xander Bogarts has. I think Xander Bogarts' mindset is fuck you, pay me appropriately, <laughs> which it, is it, which is different. And that's where I'll go and say. Just compare Aaron Judge and Xander Bogarts this season. Xander Bogarts looked like he was mentally in his head almost, you know, on a weekly basis. At times, letting it leak out into the media, obviously being visibly upset. Does Aaron Judge look like he's given a fuck one day this season? He's laughed in the Yankees' face all year long. I think there's different guys, and I think guys value different things. I think Xander views home in Boston as something that is very important to him. And I think that's where that Derek Jeter angle comes up. And he mentioned that, I believe, talking with Tom Karen on his latest podcast. That's the stuff that's always meant something to him. I think Aaron Judge, listen, he just wants to run up the bank. He, he don't care. He just wants the biggest bag possible. Yeah. I just, I don't view Xander as the guy who's chasing that same bag. I think he wants to get paid. I yeah. think, like you said, it's more about being just treated fairly. Don't spit in my face like you did last offseason. I, I got to play that clip. <laughs> I got to play that clip from TC's podcast if I can find it. Um, Let me see. Hold on. I think I think Nesson. I know I saw it on the Nesson Instagram. I'll pull it up. <clears throat> um, it sounds it sounds way worse than I think what it should be interpreted as. Uh, all right, okay. Because he basically just asked him, you know, like, hey, or I'll just play it. <laughs> but it is kind of funny. Send a message to fans. 
Not suggesting you're not coming back next year. We'll see. But again, the support they've shown you this year, the way this season has gone, to wrap up this year with these fans, what would you say to them? I mean, I can still remember I got booed when I was my first full season <laughs> in 14. <laughs> like, all right, so was- time out, time out, time out. Like, <laughs> like TC sets him up <laughs> to be like, hey, man. This is your, this could be, because I was, I was next to them when they were doing this. This was before the game on, uh, what's today? Today's Wednesday? Yes. So this was before the game yesterday on Tuesday. And they're in the dugout and TC sets them up to be like, you know, this could be, this could be your last game with the Red Sox ever. Um you know, do you have anything that you want to say to the fans? He's like, yeah, when I was 21, I came up and they fucking booed me. <laughs> uh, is this the same clip? Port they've shown you this year, the way this season has gone. Yeah. To wrap up this year with these fans, what would you say to them? I mean, I can still remember I got booed when I was my first full season in <laughs> 14. The day we signed Steven Drew, I made two errors. And first play of the game, I made an error two into the dugout. And then later on, I made another error. They booed me. I'm like, oh, I was 21 at that point. I'm like, they're booing me at 21? Like, <laughs> so then I got my act together and then I improved. And ever since then, thankfully, I've never been booed. But that was kind of wake up call. And obviously, with Steven Drew signing back was, you know, a whole, a whole deal. But they've definitely supported me and, 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 and they've pushed me to become better ever since, since that day. I mean, it was a young point in my career. And I'm very thankful for them for expecting a lot of, a lot of, great stuff for me and that's what I also expect for myself. I know sometimes you're not doing the performance that they would want but this is a hard game man and no one's putting the baseball on a tee telling you you know what you can hit it right there when no one's at you know or hit it over the wall. It's, it's hard but 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 we really work hard and we try and and, and obviously I, I'm definitely thankful for the support and, and all the great memories. So by the way check out TC's podcast. He always has <clears throat> really great guests on there. Um, Xander Bogart's obviously the most recent one. And that clip <laughs> it's just like, hey, here's the floor to say something sentimental to the fans. It's like they fucking booed me when I was 21, dude. Um, <laughs> fucking bitches. Yeah. Uh, but I I mean, I think knowing Xander, that's not I'm like I'm not reading into that at all. Like, that honestly is like that's that comes off as like ultimately more of a compliment. It's like these people fucking care, yeah. And I don't want to let them down. Yeah. And he was like, they kick my ass into gear and kind of like help me become the player that I am right now. That's yeah. kind of like how I read it. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so w- we deserve all the credit for how good Xander Bogarts is. Xander's so only good here. because of us. Yeah, that's right. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, Xander. <laughs> Pay us. John Henry. (laughs) Uh, Blue Moon. Baseball and beer go hand in hand, and Blue Moon is the perfect playoffs companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. From a playoff berth to a world championship, a Blue Moon guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience every single time. Pat, you have any Blue Moons this past weekend? Uh, I'd say about 30. 30! Ooh! Speaking of I which... Did have, I did have uh, multiple blue moons the other night. Where were Not you? Not even lying. I went to see the Killers at the Garden. They sell blue moon at the Garden? They sure do. Oh. Garden's stepping it up. Classy. Classy move by the Garden. 
from its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peels for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer? Well, you can get something that's one of a kind. Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind every time. Blue Moon Belgian White. Uh, get Blue Moon Belgian White delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. To see your delivery options, that is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, like I had been to Fenway a couple times recently. And uh, whenever we do stuff where I'm like, I'll tell you, but I won't tell you. Or I'll like cover my mouth and say something and then we edit it out on the podcast. When people come up to me in person and like ask for that, I just tell them. <laughs> They're like, who are you talking? Who who is the Bruins player that you were talking about? And I was like, oh, it was so and so. I'll just let them know. Were there any rumors about you, Pat, when you were playing? Anyone? Were there any like uh, rumors? Uh, yeah, give me more than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you? I mean, I, I, I guess you weren't. I guess you you didn't have enough time in Boston to. Have any Boston rumors about you, like dating like so, Ariana no. Grande or something like that? No, I did date Ariana, but that was that was wasn't a rumor. But um, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, How did that end? I ended things. Why did you do that? Well, listen, I don't want to air my lawn my dirty laundry on mm-hmm. on TV. On TV. Yeah. <laughs> 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 listen, you could technically watch this on TV. Yeah, you can. Yeah. People are probably watching this right now on their TVs mm. on YouTube. Probably. Yeah. Uh, right but now. yeah, it just things just didn't quite work out with me and Ariana. You know, I I call her Ari, but right. Um, what does she call me? you, Daddy? Oh. <laughs> hey. Um. Yeah, things just didn't work out with me, Ariana. You know, sex was great. Was um, it? Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, here's here's the good thing about that. I didn't think it was uh, that great. Yeah, well, well here, so huh? careful what you say here, because with that, with what I'm about to say, might hinder what you're about to say. Okay. Uh, I am so spectacular in the bedroom. <laughs> it really doesn't matter what, what if you're good or not. I'm gonna make you good. I am like I'm like Jordan. I'm gonna so make you like Rick Flair. Win. You're like yeah. Rick Flair. Like they used to say, Rick Flair could put on a five star match. With a broomstick. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter who he was working with. It was going to be a yeah. five-star match because you work with Rick. It's going to be gold. Yeah. And uh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's it's like Pat's ha- when Pat's having sex, Pat's having sex. The girl's just there. Yeah. She's just there for the show. Yeah. Like, I was going to say something super mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'd have to get that cut. But uh, yeah, no, I am. I am spectacular. Um, spect- uh, like unbelievable in bed. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. You know, she she was she was she was good. Uh, I gave her a few pointers, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just I just elevated her level because I mean, what I'm doing in the bedroom is just right. outrageous. Do you think that she like took anything from that and that she still applies today, or do you think it's like that it was sacred between me and Pat? We're just going to keep that right there. Uh, you know, I bet you she wants to keep it sacred, mm-hmm. but because it's so high level stuff, 
<laughs> yeah, and so good. I don't think right. that her urges will allow her to. Like, I mean, when she's right. out with other people, she's like, I have to have this. Right. And she's come back a few times to me. Um, right. How yeah, recently? Yeah, recently she's she's come. How back recently? Oh, how recently? Um, whew. let's see. When did Ari? She's a married woman now, isn't she? Yeah, she's been married yeah, for a little bit. She, you know, listen, it is with. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, last week, last week, actually. last week. Wow, this yeah, is headline yeah. news right now. Jesus uh-huh. Christ! First, Adam Levine, now Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. torpedoing her own marriage because of Pat Light. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. <clears throat> I mean, I get it. <clears throat> Pat, has anybody ever uh, made the uh, the Sam Malone comparison to you? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I I get that very occasionally on Twitter. Uh, Who the fuck is Sam and, Malone? And TikTok. He was the 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 character from the show Cheers. He was an ex Red Sox reliever that owns a bar after his playing days. So it's like no right way. On. Yeah, <laughs> this guy looks nothing like Pat. This is absurd. No, is it's not a for looks. Yeah. It's for oh. the sa- the sake that he was a former Red Sox player whose career flamed out, then bought a bar and owns a bar and manages okay. a bar. The only difference is I, I only difference is I don't bartend. I don't like tend the bar. I've seen not, you. Not a man of the people. You've. I don't know that I went behind the bar when you were there, Jared. Definitely. Yeah, probably. I can't believe yeah, you, you own definitely bars did. and don't tend bar. Like the the only reason that I'd want to own a bar is to tend bar. Sometimes. No, it's not. You you. you I'm. I won't say I'm like too old to be behind the bar now. I just don't actually. You know what? You know what, Pat? What? One year ago tonight, you went behind the bar to serve me. One year ago, hold on now. Let me. One year ago tonight, it was One probably almost to the hour. Nine o'clock. Probably like I'm behind a bar to serve you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Aha! Yeah, I remember. I yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Green Rock. Green Rock. The Red yeah. Sox won the wild card game. We walked we down close. the street, went to Green Rock. Pat got out the shot glasses. Me, Coley, and Pat. Do a little cheers to the Red Sox eliminating the New York Yankees. Yeah. I remember that. Their shots were poured and served by Patrick James Light. They were. They were mm-hmm. indeed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Bartang's annoying. I can't believe that was a year ago. I can't believe it was a year ago, too. I feel, I feel, you sure it was just a year? Yeah. Was it a Monday night? I have no idea what night it had to be but, because other, why would we be, why would we be closed? Like Green Rock was closed, remember? Yeah, it was closed. Unless we closed early and we just didn't get there till late, and that's why it was closed at the time. Because if my bouncer was there, wasn't he? My uh, there was one guy there when we showed up, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe it was. Maybe we had just closed. Oh boy! By the way, Jared knows a little bit about my personal life. <laughs> one year ago today, that when taking that shot, Lord, did I did not know what was in store for me the next two months and the shit show that would ensue. Because you remember, I, from, was, I was dating someone two, a year right. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Ariana Grande? No, no, it wasn't Ariana. But she's the one who broke us up. <laughs> yes, she broke us up. <laughs> I would love to date Ariana Grande. She's exactly my type. Short brunettes. <laughs> Let me tell you. Short brunettes. What I get am, you in Pat. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short brunettes are always been my thing. Mm-hmm. 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 
it was a short brunette that actually did end that relationship. We're not, let's not dive into this. I'm um, <laughs> talking. <laughs> no, let's continue not dive that. into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. One year ago. That's actually even crazier. The the Jerry, they showed it. The Jerry Remy first pitch to Eck. Um, Will Millbrooks was on. Was that last episode? Yeah. Jesus Christ. We just have no concept of time. We're not a good time podcast. Uh, Will Middlebrooks was on last episode and he said that uh, Eck didn't want to be honored on the field because he wanted his last time down on the field before a game to be when he caught Jerry Remy's first pitch, which was also one year ago tonight uh, before the wildcard game between the New York Yankees. What a, what a fucking year it's been. Just a lot has changed. A lot has changed. Uh, the Red Sox went from a baseball team that was two wins away from the World Series to a last place team. That's not, I mean, like, they're a third place team. Like, they 78, 78 wins. Yeah, 78 wins. Like, it's not an abomination. It's, it's just a very, bleh, like, it's very, bleh, very third placey. Um, we lost Jerry Remy. We, I mean, he's still alive, but Dennis Eckersley, we're losing him in the broadcast booth. Uh, at a different company now. Things are different. Coley's gone. But maybe he'll be back. I don't know. I mean, he comes in, he comes and he goes sometimes. Um, <clears throat> like a stray cat. Yeah. Yeah, lots that have been different. Um, but I'm just not ready to have the conversation about what could be different next year. I will react to that as it happens. But I'm not going to react in a way that it already has happened when it, is, in fact, has not happened yet. <clears throat> and I, I don't know. I, I like the um, the broadcast seemed almost a hundred percent sure that JD wasn't coming back. Dude, and Dave O'Brien said, "Good fucking luck. We'll see yeah. you next year." Like you're done. <laughs> like it's over. He had yeah. no problem saying it. And I did think it was interesting because Jared, you were the first person who popped in my head when JD hit the first homer. I was like. All right, he just he just went right center. Like, whoa, I haven't seen JD Martinez do that in some time. Then he sends the other one into the monster. I don't know. That felt like a statement. And for a lot of people who didn't or haven't heard it, Bradford did an interview with him while he was cleaning out his locker yesterday. And he swore up and down. He figured it out. He found this hitting mechanic issue that has bothered him dating back to 2019. Uh, in it involved his elbow and kind of how it, you know, getting it out in front instead of his hands. And he, he was kind of breaking it all down there. But he's like, I've never been so excited for an offseason because I know what I have to fix to be back to, you know, to be back to who I was. Now, obviously, I think any player who's going into free agency and wants to make it sound like their down year wasn't the reality of who they are at this point. But I don't know. It felt like he was trying to make a statement today and he didn't. You know, in his post-game interview, we'll see what happens. He, he continues to say, we'll see what happens. Not closing the door himself. Mm. Yeah. I would, be, I would be very surprised if he did come back. But because <clears throat> um, you also have to remember that back in 2018, he felt like he got fucked on that deal. <laughs> like, that, like Boris wanted to get him 200 plus and he ended up signing for 110. Which worth every single penny of that deal. Every single penny of that deal. But 
they were looking for 200. And I think Scott, I can't remember if there were reports. I don't think he like publicly said like, you know, we're going to get you $200 million. But I think that that's what they were gunning for. And the Red Sox were bidding against the D-backs. So they were like, here's, here's 110. Like we know that more than that's not out there. Like I, you might be worth 200, but you're worth what you're being paid or what the most someone is willing to pay you for your services. So yeah, you could break down some statistical formula that says you're worth $200 million. But if the best offer you get is 110, well, guess what? You're worth 110 because that's what you're getting paid. Uh, and they, yeah, it was like a whole thing that kind of gets lost in the JD Martinez story is that I think I'm, I'm sure he wanted to come to Boston. There were like the pictures like, you know, from when he went to Fenway as like a kid and all that and getting the chance to play for Alex Cora and Mookie Betts and having all those guys in your team. I'm sure there was no problem with the destination, but there was some like, all right, fine. Fuck you. Like you, you're not going to pay me what I want. Then I'll show you. And I'll, you know, and he did and he did. So that's why come free agency. If the Red Sox throw him like some pity offer, he's going to be like, fuck you. And I think he would just sign somewhere else just to not come back to Boston with his tail between his legs. Like there's just no need for that. I think some team will value him properly for his age and his skill set at this point in his, his career. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. But I'd like to, again, get him on the podcast to do some sort of like wrap up like of, of his Boston tenure. But again, we're talking like it's just, it's a done deal. I don't know. All I know is that coming into this season, he basically went to Red Sox ownership and was like, I would love to retire here. I only want to play for like three more years. I'll take a two-year deal with an option or something like that. I just want to retire here. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, dude. Yeah, and Sounds listen, good. He, he didn't make life any easier easier for himself this year. Th- no. There were some real, real I mean, concerns. If, and he's if owned he fucking it. he came what one double shy of having the most in the American League? Sure. Yeah. He, listen, he was a doubles machine. There's no denying that. Obviously, a lot of that damage, you know, came very early in the season, but he he's gonna hit doubles. It's just he's not the bat that he once was. And he's at the end of the deal. You know, it is what it is in that sense, but you know, he'll tell you, he'll be the first one to tell you, listen, it was a 114 OPS plus this year. That last year was 128. And he was saying, you know, I wasn't too happy with the year I had. You go back to 2019, it was 139, 173 in 2018. I think you'll never get back to that. But this was by far the worst year of his career since, you know, his failed Astros days. Is he still a above average DH? Yeah, he, he's fine in that sense. He's not a $20 million player anymore. No. He, maybe 13, 14, somewhere in that area. But he can't play. They don't want him in the outfield. He has a reoccurring kind of back problem, whatever it may be. He's getting up there. We get it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think if the Red Sox had another shot at the trade deadline, they would have moved him then. It would have made more sense to get under the luxury tax. It didn't really give you anything down the stretch here. But I can't blame the Red Sox if they're not interested in keeping him around at this point. Because then what it's do you a do? third straight because year. Because you didn't, you didn't fucking sign. You, you didn't sign Kyle Schwarber. No, and you should have. You should have traded J.D. Martinez. That was the first thing I said when I came on this podcast. You should have traded J.D. Martinez last offseason. He still had enough value as you know, a 128 OPS plus guy. There was all those new DH spots that opened up. You could have done something there. I think now with where he's at, it's, it depends. Is there another team that's going to give him a deal 
you know, two or three years, come here and play three years, 39 million. Do you want to come up, finish your career here? That's the conversation. Do I think if JD Martinez returns, I don't think it's an awful thing. I just, I don't think it's likely. I think they'd rather keep it as a rotating spot and probably bring in someone along the lines of like, you know, maybe like a Mitch Hanniger and you mix and match. I don't think they're going to go get like Jose Abreu or someone like that. I just, I'd rather just keep JD at that point. I think it it depends on how they want to use the roster. If it means getting Rafi and Xander and Story healthy and keeping them afloat, it's a different conversation. But that's a serious hole you got to replace in the lineup. If you're taking JD out, you better go get an impact right fielder or left fielder, however you want to put it, and try to go about it that way. Because you say, all right, well, Tristan Casas next year, that's going to be at least some solid, maybe not middle of the order, but close to that production that you didn't have a year ago. You throw that into the mix there. It's just, what's J.D. Martinez? Does he want a multi-year deal to stay here? I mean, that that's what he said. He said he, wa- he said he wanted like a two or three year deal to retire. That's what he wants. Do you buy more in J.D. Martinez in September or do you buy more in the J.D. Martinez that's disappeared for three summers in a row? I think he just is what he is. Like that's, it's one, like the perfect example of that's why they call it an average. Like you're going to get your red hot streaks. You're going to get your cold streak. Like it's not to the point where it's like Jackie Bradley Jr. Where he would have one red hot month and then the rest of the season he would bat like 170 with a 600 OPS. Uh, I think even JD. uh, Like the problem with JD was the power. It was just the home runs. And, and, And it was more glaring for him because Xander wasn't hitting home runs. And Story was hurt. And then Rafi in the second half wasn't hitting home runs. So you kind of like look to your DH. It's like, well, your job, you're a designated hitter. You're, you only have one job and it's to hit. And if you're not hitting home runs, then what the fuck are you doing? But one of the most undersold narratives was that dude almost led the league in doubles. Like, I'll take it. It's not like he's up there being fucking Cuban Ichiro. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting. It's not like a. It, like it, it, he didn't come to Boston as just a home runs guy. He was a 40 home run guy, but he was a gap guy. And he still kind of was that to an extent. Uh, obviously not the same hitter, but I, I think when you start talking about guys like Jose Abreu and Mitch Haniger, uh, if I'd rather just stick with what I know. and And what I know is that JD is a really fucking good hitter um, who's on a decline, but also the idea that he he makes other hitters around him better. Um, like he's essentially a hitting coach that hits on your team. And he loves talking hitting. And he will he he has an ear to lend to guys that uh, are willing to seek out his his advice. Uh, and I think that there's value in that. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. I would I would still put the odds of him coming back at like 10% or lower. Um I think what you said, like if he's willing to take something like two years at like 26 or 28, you know, 14 and 13 or something like that, I think it's a conversation. It's just will there be another team that's willing to put it out there and you know say, hey, you know, they may kind of like you. They're willing to bring you back. We really like you. We we think you're the kind of move that pushes us over the top. 
But I do think if you're looking at the DH spot for the Red Sox and saying, just throw anything out there, who cares? You are going to have a problem. You need to replace that production somewhere. That is a, that's a real conversation. I just, it's just how much more do you think JD declines in the next year or two? Is he a league average hitter next year? He was 14% above league average this year. And then you're talking like, all right, well, if he's a league average bat, then no, it's not worth it. Because he gives you no roster flexibility. And that was one of the good things about JD back in the day. I was like, oh, all right, we can shove him in left field for a day. You know, we can kind of mix and match this roster. For the Red Sox who like roster flexibility, obviously that doesn't really make sense there. But leadership, the hitting coach stuff, a guy like, you know, Tristan Koss is having someone like that around to basically who he's trying to become. That's like, that's a big deal. That's no small thing. It's just, it doesn't seem like the Red Sox are too interested there. They just better not blow it off and say, hey, whatever, we don't care about DH anymore. You need to find someone who can be a middle of the order bat. And maybe that power is just what they're looking for. They're willing to give up a little bit more to get some more home runs. They need it. But still, I, I do think the mistake isn't, you know, there's Kyle Schwarber hate online right now. A lot of Red Sox fans, well, I, I don't care. Uh, you know, he's hitting 210. He has a 130 OPS plus. He's doing just fine. He, listen, he may not be hitting for average. He's hitting for power and he's walking. That, that has plenty of value. Say what you want. The same people who shit on Kyle Schwarber are the same people who praise Tristan Casas, who has, you know, an 800 OPS and he's drawn a ton of walks, but his batting average isn't that great. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, there were way too many people that were that wanted to cite Kyle Schwarber's wins above replacement for a dude that's a DH. Like that's just not the metric that you use um, <clears throat> for evaluating a designated hitter. Like what's his war? No, there's people that like the Hunter Renfro stuff. I see people still trying to apologize for that or, you know, say, oh, well, it made. Yeah, you could have traded Hunter Renfro and it made sense. I was one of the people that said you should have moved him, but you trade him for two guys who aren't even top 30 prospects. Was that worth it when he's been a 126 OPS plus guy this year? No. Better than last year? Better defender than last year? No. You got dog shit. Actual (laughs) dog shit. So sure, could you have brought Renfro and Schwarber back? No, but at least one of them. Probably would have, it would have been nice to have an answer at DH moving forward. And a guy who maybe could have played first base for you a little bit, you know, early in the season. Um, Pete, what did it come down to? How many, how many paintballs are we shooting you with? 16. 16? 16 paintballs. You didn't even fucking try to go to any no. games over the last couple homestands. No, why would I? To lower the number. That's at that point, it's. And by that time you'll reach those numbers, I'll be numb anyway, and I won't even feel them. I disagree. I think, I think if you got it closer to like ten, that's a lot more. Because now you're like, at by the time you get to sixteen, you're on the road to twenty. Like it might as well be twenty. You could have got it closer to ten, and you're just like, no, fucking light me up. Yeah, it's about quality of life, though. I'd rather take the pain <laughs> later than take the pain now, and waste three hours. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think the integrity of Pete has to be respected here because he could have just he could have just like tweeted out pictures from like two years ago <laughs> at the game and like got another one down. <laughs> I, That's I, why the, the Red Sox account the uh, like did Pete make it to thirty or whatever that account was like all right we finished the season twelve out of tw- out of thirty and I was like whoa, whoa, whoa fourteen and he was like. <laughs> He, he was like, I need the receipts or whatever. Uh, and uh, like, what does it matter? 
I was like, yeah, exactly. What does it matter? Why would I lie about two more games? Mm. I'm not lying about 14. If I was going to lie, I'd be like, yeah, 23 <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so, I mean, no, no paintball time. places reached out. I mean, we've had people reach out to recommend paintball places, but no paintball places reached out being like, hey, we'd love to host Pete getting lit up by a paintball gun 16 times. When do we want to do it? I want to do it outside mid-January. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, I'd, 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 Can we find an indoor place if we're doing mm-hmm. it in the winter? No. Oh, boy. If you freeze the <laughs> paintballs, they hurt more. Isn't that like a thing some oh, you people could do? Kill them. You could kill them. If, if the yeah, paintballs no, are frozen, that. they would just go through his tiny little body. Like <laughs> a piece of paper. <laughs> We're not doing frozen paintballs and we're not doing it outside in the middle of winter. No, I'm not going to freeze the paintballs on purpose. But if we happen, if they happen to be frozen because we're outside in the Arctic tundra. No, that's not fair. It gets cold. It gets real cold in January. Are we allowed to shoot you in the face? No. <laughs> what if you're wearing a helmet? <laughs> I'll wear like a, wear like a, a hockey helmet with the, with the bucket. Can we hold? Just hold your hands up. Maybe. <laughs> no. What are you talking? <laughs> I would never. I would never shoot Pete in the face. No. Thank you. No one. We should do it. Do they still do Winter Weekend? We should just do it at Winter Weekend. <laughs> I was having that conversation today, um, like talking about, like, oh, what are you going to do this off season? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Texas in November and. Um, December is a winter meetings, probably go to San Diego for that. And then January is usually when winter weekend happens. Cool. And I was like, I don't, what? You just completely froze for about 30 seconds. <clears throat> Did I? Yeah. Last thing we heard was Texas. Oh, I go to Texas in November and then in December, the winter, the winter meetings are going to be in San Diego. So I'll go there in December. And then in January, that's when winter weekend is. But they haven't had winter weekend since 2019, 20? Well, Jared, let me tell you a little something. What? So two-year span where there was a global pandemic. Well, yeah, I'm trying to say that, like, I mean, <laughs> you could have had it last year. Yeah, people were still a little crazy. People were out and about, though. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Whatever. You could have fucking done it last year. Uh, so, yeah, I, like, I don't know if they're going to do it. Like, they're going to pick it back up because I feel like you're telling me, like, by the end of last season... Like, people weren't wearing fucking masks and shit no, yeah, by the yeah, end yeah. of last baseball yeah. season. Like, last, this past January? No. People yeah, were no. over it by this past January. Yeah, they, they still didn't do it. Football stadiums and shit. Yeah. I mean, Fenway was at full capacity by June of last year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I would love if they had winter weekend, but now, see, that the issue is here. Uh, now that I'm at DraftKings, I don't think that we would be able to be incorporated into the event. Like we can obviously go and we can like do what we always do, which is 
Pete gets fucking drunk and falls asleep on the floor at 9 p.m. Respect. Uh, but like last time they had winter weekend, which I believe was like January of 20 or 19. I can't fucking remember. Um, we were going to like, we were like in talks to do like a live show at winter weekend. And we wouldn't be able to do that because the casino that they have it at would be a competitor. So they definitely wouldn't allow that. Pat's never had a winter weekend experience. Like winter weekend. Pat's was, entire life is a winter weekend experience. Yeah, yeah. But like he imagine, imagine just like Tom Brady never playing in the Super Bowl. Pat Light never having a winter weekend experience is criminal. Like he's he's like Dan Marino. I love that. Did you ever yeah. even do winter weekend as a player? No. Nope. I think I might have been invited. I might have been invited invited in sixteen. That was the second winter weekend ever. And and I, and there's no way I was invited because if I was invited, I definitely would have went. It wasn't like I was turning those <laughs> things down. <laughs> Wait, were like, you on yeah. the forty man that spring training going into sixteen? Yeah. Oh, you were definitely invited then. I don't think I was. They they have like the whole four, like there's a there's definitely slap decks that go. Yeah, but maybe uh, maybe you had to appear in a big league game the year before. Maybe no. they have like a cutoff. I don't I can think tell you, so. I was on the forty man. I got put on the forty man November of fifteen. Maybe they just they were trying to protect you, and that's why they didn't invite you. This guy's a could drink. Don't fucking put him there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. guy's a problem. He's a menace. It sucks because obviously, like the the Springfield location is um. It's nothing close to what it was at Foxwoods. Foxwoods winter weekend was the absolute best. But could they do it in Everett, you think? Yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. Cause I remember I remember talking to uh JD when because this is this is January, so the players are long gone. They're not here yet for the season. So fucking JD Martinez flies in from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, lands at Logan. And then wants to get, he's like, he calls for an Uber to go drop him off at like the casino. And he's like, yeah, like I'm going to like the, like Springfield MGM. I'm like, all right, cool. Like that's going to be like an hour and a half drive. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he's like, this thing is just nowhere close. So I mean, it's not like the other ones were either. Uh, you could probably fly into a different airport, but yeah, you can fly. Like, there's got to be an airport in Connecticut that's like somewhat close to Foxwoods. But it was very funny hearing him land would be cool. at Logan and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Encore would be great. Yeah, I forgot. I thought that the last one was at Encore, but I forgot that because I knew that they switched it. Forgot that Springfield got an MGM. Yeah, it's terrible. I think. I well, think. It's Springfield, uh, so yeah, yeah, Springfield's terrible as it is. Basketball Hall of Fame, though, right? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I just hope that if it was a three-year deal, whatever it is, that the years that they didn't have it don't get to be made up. It's just like, no, we. You have the rights from 2020 to 2023. Like, that's it. But we'll see. I'll have to ask. They haven't updated the Winter Weekend page from last year when they just straight canceled it. Mm. 
I think it's funny. Like if you're an OG Section 10 listener, <laughs> they just they know that the second the season ends, the podcast immediately is just like, all right, winter weekend. We just <laughs> uh, we just shift to winter weekend and talk about it every episode until it happens. Like this 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 podcast is a fucking two hour advertisement for winter weekend. Every off season happens. Every off season. Like, oh, fuck, the Red Sox got eliminated. That sucks. So winter weekend is going to be sick. Pete's going to be there. <laughs> He's going to be shit-faced. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that was probably large. Like, when I was on the podcast, that was largely probably because of me. Because I was like, okay, all right, we're done with the Red Sox talk. All right, cool. Let's look forward to winter weekend. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, we could probably just have our own. Yeah, like I feel like we could if it if if it really sucks because of the location, not because of the planning. I think um, Sarah McKenna does a great job planning it because the Foxwoods ones a plus plus. Oh yeah, it's the location. It's not it's not the planning. Um, but I'm just saying, if if this if this one flops, then we'll just have. Uh, Pat's intervention weekend at at a casino. Uh, Pat, you'd have to come over here, though. Yeah, like I I feel like. Oh, you know what we should do? A fucking Pat Light booze cruise. Where was that? Was that that was perfectly timed with the horn in the background? Did anybody else hear that? (laughs) I did. Yes, (laughs) Pat Light booze cruise, and in the background, I was like. Would you do that, Pat, next summer? The Pat Light, sure. the Pat Light Intervention Booze Cruise? Sure. I don't know if Tyler can handle it, but sure. Well, why couldn't I handle it? What does that mean? <laughs> Think about well, how drunk you got the other time and now in- introduce the ocean. <laughs> First off, <laughs> I love the ocean. Second, do you know how many you know, lives got- the ocean has taken and then you throw in Pat Light and alcohol? First off, I'm a good swimmer. I swim quite well. I, mm. I move nicely in water. Um, I don't know. I think I because how many days would this cruise be? Just probably. I think it's just like a just like it's just a joy ride type. Yeah, come on. Yeah, if we if we had a boat that went out into like Boston Harbor, and it was from like seven to midnight. Yeah, that we should do that. That would be a fucking blast. I would. I think we could fill that bitch up. I remember um a a a company a former company. You may have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Did a did a booze cruise um, for like a military thing. I was there, and with you. yeah, no, I yeah, I just didn't want to like outright give free pub, mm-hmm. but uh, they they filled it up. Like I think we could fill up a a, a big old boat. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. I will say for Tyler's sake, I recall from that evening uh, because I didn't get drunk that evening until later. Uh, Tyler was gone for about a few hours by this point. Uh, but I remember looking at Tyler as he was full deceased uh, mm. and saying, Tyler, like, look at me. And he's like, look at me. He's like, do I look drunk to you? He's like, no. I go, how many shots have you taken? He's like, maybe four or five. I was like, Tyler, I have a minimum of 10 more in me. I don't, you can stop if you want to. <laughs> I. He's like, thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Listen, I pre- Pat have was you been very on, good. Have you been on with Tyler since that night? Mm-mm. 
this is your first time talking to each other since that night. Well, we texted. We haven't spoken. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Like, Pat was basically like fucking Mills Lane getting in the corner in, in Tyler's face being like, we, we can call it right now. We can call it right now if you want to call it. No, 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 no. I still got some more in me. Well, and- his, his biggest mistake, and I told you this, Jared, while you're there, Jake knows the mm-hmm. same thing. His biggest mistake was on shot one calling me out. We, we, yeah. we, I asked for two Jameson shots, and I'm used to the shots that we pour down here. Uh, and you know, we, pour, we pour true one-ounce shots. They mm-hmm. give you like a, what's, would be like a whiskey glass, and they just pour until they feel like it's the right amount. <laughs> and so it ends up being a lot more. Right. And that's great. But so I go to Tyler. I go, Tyler, this is the first one of the night. It's Jameson. Like, let's take half now. Wait a couple seconds. Take another half. We don't need to get carried away yet. It's 7.15. <laughs> Game takes, started. He takes the full thing uh-huh. and immediately goes in about how big of a pussy I am for doing half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I remember no. looking at him being like, dude, this is, this is an enormous mistake on your behalf. <laughs> like an enormous mistake. And an hour and a half later, he was yelling at Jared about seven times right in his face about probably incoherent things. Uh, no, I, I was making great sense. It may have been loud, but I was making a ton of sense. Uh, Jared, you can confirm. About what you were saying to me? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, yeah, you were making sense. And then it kind of tailed off into... Uh, digging up old tweets of yours to to pat in which that was that was a video jake was there got the shot put it out there and it was one of the most popular videos of the night was you just screaming i believed in you in pat light's face (laughs) pat pat i did believe in you and i haven't got to talk to you since then so you can tell my loyalty i'm i go back i i when you were in double a you got converted pat i saw something in you what was what was the tweet again? I don't remember what it's. I do remember seeing. It. I don't remember what it said though. Do you oh, have it, Jared? Uh, yeah, I can find it right now. I do yeah. think out of everybody there, I did shake a lot of people that night. You did. Um, there's a dude Corey who was a fan of the podcast. I, I dude, me and him had some deep talks about the Sea Dogs. We were get, diving into some prospect talks. Chris. He said he was going to build an aquarium at my house. Um, then you know I'd go over to Jared. I'd shake you, but I think. Pat, Pat probably took the most damage out of anyone. And I feel like, Pat, you came over and like watched over for me, watched over me for like a little bit in the corner. Like Jesus. Yeah. And at that point, Martha, my girlfriend, I think she was a little done with me. I think mm-hmm. I, I had been, I got a little obnoxious. She's a uh, saint, by the way. She, she if she was done with you, her body language did not indicate that whatsoever. Like I, I was monitoring that to make sure that she wasn't actually about to kill you. And she, also, she, it, it was very much like a, ah, you know, this is, this is, he's just, he's having a yeah. night and <laughs> we're going to support him. I also want to make it abundantly clear, Tyler. Uh, I could have killed you sooner, <laughs> uh, but Jared had requested, I don't remember what time frame, but Jared had requested you last to a certain time. 10 p.m. So I, 10 p.m. So I allowed that. I made it uh, way so past I allowed that. that. I just, but I just want that to be abundantly clear. And there is a video. I don't know if it was on the Instagram story. I don't know if it's still around. There is a video where you can hear me in the background saying, Jared asked me to make him last till 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that is a, is, a, is a factual statement. And I could have buried you much sooner. But I, I decided because I'm a good friend of Jared that I would ob- obey Jared's orders. Mm-hmm. Someone actually, because of the way that you said it, I forget. I think it might have been like Tyler Glasnow. Someone responded to the video and was like, did you last until 10 p.m.? I was like, what do you mean? Like Pat said he wanted like 
he wants you to last until 10 p.m. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I said I wanted <laughs> to make sure Pat makes Tyler last until 10 p.m. And the tweet was, Pat Light is really showing some potential in the pen down in AA. Starting isn't for everyone. Maybe just needed a move to the pen. And then a bunch of people tagged old takes exposed. <laughs> Listen, that, hey, Pat got to the big league. So first off, that's a good take. I, I'm yeah. not going to take that L. What year was that? 2015? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's just for some reference here. 29 and two thirds innings at double uh, A that year. Hold on. I was fucking two, stud in double A. 243 ERA, 9.7K per nine, 3.3 walk per nine. So still, you know good amount of control whip below one and 5.5 hit per nine that sounds like a guy who's balling out you ain't wrong that's it and you know pat you didn't respond to that tweet back in the day so i see how much you cared about your fans well, you didn't tag him uh, you didn't tag so pat you were searching your name up back then weren't you mm, i'm not sure that i was okay all right yeah i believe that. i did a, i did a lot early i did a lot earlier in my career uh, I don't know that I, I don't know that I did later in my career because things got really bad. Um, also, I mean, if time. you're if you're in Double A, you're not searching your name because who the fuck is tweeting about Double A players? Besides Tyler Milliken. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine searching your name and you see fucking Milliken's Twitter account just going off about your Double A stats. You're like, all right, that's enough searching my name. <laughs> Listen, there the was fucking Sea of- Dogs locker room must be hilarious. It's just like this fucking Milliken kid won't stop <laughs> yeah. tweeting about all of us, <laughs> all, all of it, <laughs> every last one of us. Listen, I got takes. There's a lot of Pat Light tweets. There's a lot of Bryce Brent's tweets from back in the day. Oh, Bryce got Brent's, Cheddar Bob. Wow. It, I'm telling you, there, there's there's some. Didn't Bryce Brent shoot himself in the leg? Yeah, in he the sure knee. did. Yeah. God damn, dude. Nice guy though. A little, a little, a little <laughs> too country for me, but nice guy. You say a little too country? Yeah, a little too. It was like I got. I'm a. I'm a very. I don't know if I, would you guys consider me like a a definite like Jersey guy, like New York guy. Actually, funny enough, at this event, people told me that they they felt they felt like as though I was like a Midwest guy. That the what cask and flagon. Yeah, no you're a, you got, like you I could, genuinely I feel like a Boston guy. You, the only thing about you yeah. that's not Boston is you're too tall. We're all fucking five ten here. Yeah, dude, Pat, I you're wish way I was taller than I thought. Yeah, I, I, I forgot that I said hello to Tyler, um, not having remembered that that was the first time I've ever seen him in person. I, I sat there and I was just looking at Pat. I was like, "Holy shit! Oh, this is what a professional athlete looks like." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let that happen, Jared. I need this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I was. It was honestly, it was a great event. A uh, phenomenal, phenomenal event. I. Uh, I wasn't. I, oh yeah, I was supposed to go to uh, some club afterwards. I just never made it. I just kept telling them I was coming, and then I. I think I asked you, Jared, maybe Jake, uh, definitely not Tyler, but I asked one of you guys when, how far this place was away, and you're like, it's like 25 minutes, and I was like, no, not doing that. Where did you go, or where were you gonna go? Was it Seaport? No, it was the club in uh, in Encore. Why the fuck? I would have gone. No, you would have. No. Oh, There's I definitely had a conversation about this. There's zero chance he would have gone. I would have gone. I would have gone to Encore with Pat. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> the uh, 
I think we talked about it. I think we both decided we wanted to stay at the bar. I know I said I wanted to stay at the bar because I I, we had, I had a table and they I, I don't know if they were pissed, uh, but Encore is not allowed to be pissed at me after my Vegas trip, right? Uh, but um, I remember them uh, like being like, "Are you coming?" And I was like, "Probably not." <laughs> it, I guess it depends. Like I, I think if at if at midnight you said, "Do you want to go?" I would have said yes. But then around like one thirty, do I want to change yeah. locations when I I live like a, a thirty second walk from yeah. the bar that I'm yeah. at? No. Uh, but yeah, also, if like a list. 20 twenty minute Uber, like in like at like one o'clock in the morning, I would fall asleep before yeah. I got there. I also pretty much had a club bill at Cask and Flagon. <laughs> what the fuck was your bill? I remember you told me, and I was I was flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. You should have been flabbergasted. What what was the total? Uh, in, with tip or no tip? With I, tip. I, I vaguely with tip. We'll uh, separate them. Separate them. Okay, because I I was very generous, uh, as you always are. Great guy. Yeah. I thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, um, I I'm if I remember correctly, it was thirteen hundred and change was the bill, and then I'm pretty sure I tipped the guy a thousand. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, I mean, like that's what that's what people that make eighteen million dollars a year do. <laughs> The gentleman was very nice. If you remember correctly, Jared, and I know you do. Uh, I had very asked nice for guy. a fa- Yep, and I had asked for a favor to introduce me to someone. Um, yes. He did so. Mm-hmm. So ah, he was great. And every, I mean, I understand because I know the service industry because I I own them. But like, I I understand why he was very prompt when I needed a needed a drink. But he was very prompt when I needed a drink. So I that that goes a long way with me. What, what, are you saying he was prompt because he knew that you were about to order 20 shots again? And that's. Or he also knows where my bill is at and knows what, you know, if I just give the standard 20%, he's, he's taking home a decent amount of money. Like that's when, when people are spending a lot of money there, they are. We, I mean, even I tell my staff when, when you have big spenders, you pay attention to those fucking people. All right. You want them back. I had a great, great experience at Cask. I, I would do that again in a heartbeat. I think we're going to do that again. We're going to do a yeah. lot more. There's a lot of things that we're going to do differently next year and i'm going to explain that right after i talk about win reality uh the vr baseball training application available on the metaquest 2 that gives players access to unlimited game speed reps no matter where they are you can even use your own bat which i am now doing it looks like a little like a little holster you strap it on the bat and then you put on the virtual reality set and you can just take gangster hacks against all different levels uh eight and under to pro the their library consists of 600 plus pitchers um from the release the spin to the speed hitters get the chance to study every pitch and then hit in the real game when reality gives players of all levels a variety of workouts that are focused on pitch recognition timing and decision making hitters love it coaches rave about it parents love what it has done for their players enjoyment of baseball when reality isn't a game it's a revolutionary tool that improves hitting in the real game of baseball. In season, off season, and in any weather, hitters can see increased confidence and improvement at the plate. When reality allows players to train anywhere, anytime against game speed pitches, their coaches and teammates can't replicate at practice. Train in here, improve their game out there. Players who train with Win Reality acquire skills seven times faster than traditional training methods. And if you want to get in on the action, you can do that by heading to winwinreality.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D, winreality.com slash Jared to sign up today. Um, some of the things that we're going to be doing differently, 
next year. And a lot of this depends on if the Red Sox are good, which I, I would like to think that they'll be better next year. Based on Alex Cora's comments, based on just the overall needs of this team, uh, the market, the year that you're just coming off of, they need to be better. They have to be better next year. So when the Red Sox are good, that opens up the, the, the doorway for us to do a lot of different things that are pretty cool. I would say, number one, live shows. Like, I was, like with DraftKings, it's, we're, we're all new to this at DraftKings. So like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I would love to do a live show, but here's the thing. I can't <laughs> because they suck. And it is September at the time. Uh, no one is going to want to come out to a live show to hear us talk about the Boston Red Sox right now. It's just not, it's just not what it is. Um, but I think people will come out to drink with us for sure. And they did. Shout out to everyone who came to that watch party. It was fucking awesome. Uh, they were pretty much at capacity or like close to it. So that was fun. We'll definitely do more watch parties because I think people are just like, uh, it's almost like, uh, like getting the opportunity to come out to drink with Pat Light is like when people used to go to like the freak show exhibits and circuses and be like, oh yeah, like that, there's the nine foot man and there's the bearded lady. You can come out and drink with Pat Light, be a part of history. That's what people want to do. So next year, there will be more watch parties. But if the Red Sox are good, that allows us to do more live shows. And also, uh, when the Red Sox suck, I'm not really in a position to like I don't, I could but I don't like to bother people. So there there weren't any stellar interviews this year because who the fuck wants to sit down and and chop it up when when you're like yeah like I suck, the team sucks, everything sucks, everyone's everyone's hurt, everyone's tired, everyone's miserable. Um so when the Red Sox are good that that opens the door for uh, more interviews to come to the podcast. So there'll be that. Um I also want to say I took if you're going to call me a museum piece, um, I took uh, I was a great team player with the with the listeners. I took a ton of shots with a ton of people. Yeah, you did. I mean, every time like what was your how do you boil it down? I don't even know if it's like an exact science in your brain or if you just said it one time and you don't even remember saying it. But it was like. If there are two people, I buy five. If there's five people, I buy eight. If there's 10 people, I buy 15. If there's 20 people, I buy 40 shots. Like that, like what is, how does the math break down? Uh, so it is, it's not an exact science. I don't, uh, especially as I drink more, I, the science becomes less and less. I just, I don't know that I've ever ordered in the history of shots taking, which I'm, I'm, that's a lengthy history for me. I don't think I've ever ordered a group of shots where I didn't need more. Like I like, I'll order shots and then like, you know, Tyler will come over. Oh, I need one more. And then, you know, Tyler's talking to a couple people like, oh, you guys want shots? We're taking some. I need two more. So, like, if I'm ordering four, if I need four shots, I'm probably at least ordering eight. Uh, if, but as the number goes up, I don't always just double it. Like, <laughs> if I have, like, 15 people around me, I'm not be like, well, I'll probably find another 15 before we <laughs> someone do 30. Um, I just always order a few extra because uh, without a doubt, <clears throat> there's always people that want some. And then if there hasn't doesn't happen to be people that show up, you can either take them yourselves. You can do a double whamsky, or there's gonna be people by the bar that would be more than happy to take those shots of your hands. Pat was like Santa, like seriously. <laughs> when he came over and he'd bring a shot, he'd like look around and see like everyone's saying, "Oh, they're doing shots." Pat, be like, you know what? 
you're not getting left out. One for you, one for you, one for you, one for you. Like, Pat, I've never seen someone so generous. Like, Pat, you're an extremely generous person. And I feel I like you don't see that a lot with people with a lot of money. Like, usually they're kind of, you know, distant. They're doing their own thing. There was not a person you ignored or turned down at that thing. Like, it felt like you bought everybody at least one drink at some point. You I bought did, me I, many. I heard, I heard a comment um, that night. I forget who told me. It, it was one of the listeners, if I, if I remember correctly. It had to be one of the listeners. I was well, they know this. But someone had told me, uh, I now understand how Pat spent that much money in Vegas. <laughs> I can see it. And it, it, it's just, I've always been this way when I drink. The only thing you- that was missing for that evening was Pete B, my drinking buddy. Pete B. I know. Which, by the way, still no fucking excuse from Pete B for not being there. <laughs> I, I saw mean, a couple I mean, tweets backing Pete up actually yeah. saying, hey man, it happens. <laughs> and being no. like, yeah, relatable. I don't well, even, we I don't think Pat ever heard the, uh, the excuse. No, I, I, I thought I heard you had like a wedding or something. Oh no. So we, we re-explained that. I got the wedding date wrong, but I had a concert that night. Uh, and I got very, very high and also very drunk. And so the idea of walking into a situation where there's hundreds of people that like know who I am and like knowing that you're there and I'm absolutely going to get more fucked up. I was like, I got to I got to sit this one out. <laughs> Good decision. Good decision. Yes. Yeah. No, That's that would have been I don't have. It's rare that I am accepting of an excuse. Especially when I'm only, I was there for one night. I I can't. I think I showed up. I think my train got there at five thirty. I was in an Uber to the bar at like six thirty. Actually, that's a lie. I was late. I was in an Uber to the bar at six fifty, um, and then I was gone the next morning. So yeah, you know, and I, I that's why I ignored both like your call and Jared's call uh, that night because I, I like I knew that there was no getting me. there was no getting out of it <laughs> if I was you. on the phone with somebody like. There was never going to be like a, oh, I understand. Go on home. <laughs> yeah, no. That's not true. I think I would have been understanding. No. no. I you, 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 you literally texted me after I ignored the, the phone call and said, I'm going to fucking kill you. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been Jared was having fun that night. I was having fun. I had a good time. I, uh, I, I was pretty I drunk. Always- I always get people with Jared come up to me because I'm a, a very outgoing person. I, I don't think that I... Some people say I'm intimidating to approach, but I don't think that I am. I think I'm a pretty welcoming person. And so I always get people in every event I've ever done with Jared, I always get people talk to talk to me about like Jared in social situations and how <laughs> like he they don't... And he's like, I know you, you... I know, Jared, you've been open about you know social anxiety and stuff like that. And people, are, I don't think people believe you because they hear this outgoing guy on a podcast, and then they see you in person, and you're like, you'll stand there, and you'll 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 be very polite to everyone that comes up and talks to you, and you'll interact with them. Uh, but it's it's not the guy they uh, they're probably used to hearing. Right. It's just a different situation. And every right. I'll get I got it like three times that night. You're like, oh, you know, Jared's, you know, he's he's you know not like that you know crazy guy. And I was like, well, no, he's. He, this is how he is. This is how he is when he goes out. Like, this right. is just Jared. And they're like, oh, right. I just didn't expect this. And I was like, well, now you do. <laughs> you know, it's just a different. I was like, this is just a different. Ver- You're not getting podcast Jared right now. You're getting no, no, you Jared get like a human bar. Jared. Yeah. 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 I, when I was at the game last night, uh, these three dudes stopped me after I came out of the Nesson booth for the pregame. 
and they were asking me like questions about the podcast and stuff like that. And then we're like, I don't know, 10 minutes into the conversation. And the, the first dude was like, <laughs> he's like, uh, we'll wrap this up because I know that you fucking hate people and talking to people. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I, I was like, if you listen to the podcast and you're actually a fan, I have all the time in the world to talk to you in public. It's like when people are like, oh, it's, it's the Barstool guy. What's up, dude? Oh, fuck you. And, like, I hate that. Like, that's what I hate. Like, when people, like, know you, but, like, they don't really know you and, like, they're not into it. Like, if you listen to the podcast, I have all the time in the world for you. Like, that doesn't make me feel uncomfortable at all. Like, when people are actually excited to, like, see you and talk to you, I feel so comfortable. But when I'm out in public and it's, like, the borderline people that, like, they know you, but, like, you're just, like, a fucking... Like kind of like wait for like the gotcha moment. Yeah, like, gotcha. Like, yeah, I think there's an element like of trust when it's somebody from the podcast. Yeah, and like I, I feel like the second that like I, as I was walking out uh, of the park last night, someone was like Carabas, and like I looked over and he just like threw up like the the section ten hand signal, and I was like, all right, like if you do that, like I know that you know, like we're good, like we get, like I'll stop and talk to you for however long you want to fucking talk. It's always the people that are like, wait, who is he? What? Uh, what? Like, yeah, like I, that stuff makes me uncomfortable when like when you're when you're putting focus and attention on me, but like you don't even really like you you don't listen, like you're not like someone that's actually like excited to to meet me. You're just like, do you know make me a know, bicycle Dave? clown? Yeah, it's like ah. So yeah, I just want to clear that up because I that was in the back of my head uh, from that interaction last night where he's like, I know he's like, I, I won't take up too much of your time. I know you fucking hate talking to people. I was like, no, I don't. I guess it's not true. But also when, uh, like when I when I, we were at that watch party towards the end of the night, I was pretty drunk. But like, you can't. My friends can tell when I'm drunk because they're like, oh, he looks happy. He's talking to people and he looks like he's enjoying himself. But if you were, if you had never met me before, you probably wouldn't even know that I was drunk. You'd be just like, oh, what a really nice, friendly, happy guy. But it's like, oh, no, he's, he's just drunk. That's why he's like that. But yeah, I feel like I, I never get, what's the word, demonstrably? I never get demonstrably drunk. It's not my thing. I can't say the same for Tyler. Can't say the same for Pat. Okay, so... When I was there, my whole point, I had to get that drunk if I was going to be social. If I didn't get that drunk, I would be closer to what Jared is. I am not a super outgoing like party person. So to throw the drinks back, it like uh, unlocked that part of me. <laughs> you there was a there was a a part of Tyler inside that was just dying to get out. It was just a dog in a cage <laughs> and Pat Light. Pat Light didn't just open up the door of the cage. He went up to the front door of the cage. He was like, do you want to fucking get out of here? Do you want to get out? And then he fucking let it out. And that's what we saw in Tyler the entire night. When I talk to someone, like, I'll, I'm one of those people. I'll think about it. Like, I got that social anxiety kind of like mindset as well. But if I get enough drinks in me, there's no longer, like, there's no thinking. And if I can get to the point where I'm not thinking, I'm unstoppable. Like, you you get me in that (laughs) state, nobody fucking touching me. I'm going to... I can be funny. I can say what comes to my mind. It's just the overthinking goes and then, you know, it can go too far. And I think that's where I was getting. 
But that middle range, that like hour period, that's prime Tyler Milliken. Just nobody has ever said anything that sounds more like an alcoholic than like <laughs> you put drinks in me and I am unstoppable. <laughs> I will live forever until I take it way too far. <laughs> See, but the good thing is I will I live have, forever. I haven't had a drink since that night. Really? Mm. Not one. Same. I, I just, I don't, yeah, we can tell. Uh, I, I, Whoa! Sorry. Whoa. What is that? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't crave, I don't have that alcohol craving. I never, like, get that kick for some reason. I have plenty yeah, of other things business. I get that kick for, but. Heroin? Um, no. Okay. But, I was going to say we have to have a talk. OBP Flowers. or whatever. <laughs> O-E-A-P-I-P plus. Spot on. There you go. What? I was on. I was. I, t- I told you I was on that show, Jared on MLB Network, and yes. uh, I don't know if I ever said this uh, publicly, but uh, it's not a bad thing to say. But like, I was on the last time I was on that show I was with those those uh, young ladies, and uh, I remember that one fucking girl, very nice, but she she was like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm gonna say a lot. I'm a big stack girl." Okay, sounds good. Like, all right, the whole show. Like she was talking about all these stats, and you guys have everyone know. I don't know any of that shit. Like <laughs> I, I, I know batting average and ERA, and that's about it. And she's over there, and she's like, "Yeah, like saying like all these letters with a plus sign at the end of them." And like, I mean, that's not that's not good. And I was like, "Well, oh wow, that's not good. I can't believe it. That's it's only one forty two. That's unbelievable." Uh, but I remember she talked to me at the end of the show. She's like, "Like." You know, you weren't that interactive. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck you were saying. <laughs> Pat's just over there like, he's what? He, HIV plus? <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds that terrible. Be- when did that become public info? <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, who was this that was doing this? I don't remember her name. She's very nice. Um, she uh, seemingly, like I said, and I'm not, I don't mean to say this in a negative fashion. She seemingly knew what she was talking about. But I don't know that because I don't know what the fuck she was saying. Um, it's like a foreign language. Yeah, like these statistics that these people have. Like Tyler Ty talks sometimes. He'll go for 30 minutes about the fucking <laughs> thing. And I sit there and like I'm like sitting there like, Jared, I hope he doesn't ask what Pat thinks about this because I don't know what fucking Cody's saying. <laughs> Do you remember? So can you recall any of the stats that she used? No, Maybe Tyler I, can like give you like a little uh, yeah. glossary on it. Uh, I no. can just the weighted runs created plus like that had the the weighted, plus you're hearing. Weighted, what's a weighted run? Weighted runs created plus, so it's like it takes in hitting environment and everything, and kind of brings hitting it. environment. Yeah, so <laughs> if you mean? want, like if, if there's a hurricane, if you want to <laughs> compare a player who plays at Fenway to Colorado, obviously there's certain advantages and disadvantages that you know you compare. It puts them all on the same plane, so you can compare uh-huh. them. So you weight it. Yes. Like in an Excel spreadsheet or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's like a formula. Think mm-hmm. like if you wanted to know how good of a hitter, like Nolan Arenado put up those crazy stats in Colorado for all mm-hmm. those years. Realistically, his OPS plus would be used so that you could see how good of a hitter he was, even if he was outside of there. Mm-hmm. So you could compare him to mm-hmm. J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The plus the plus is ballpark adjusted. Mm-hmm. We should do a, like an offseason bit like Mr. Milliken. Where Tyler just like teaches shit. That that was one of those like me and Pat. 
at the watch party people came up they're like man i don't know what the fuck you're talking about half the time but it sounds right <laughs> yeah. so i was like all right they're like just you know you do a good job explaining it he's like i never remember any of it but like i kind of get it sometimes and i was like all right oh that, yeah. that's close enough mm-hmm. you know what you're talking about we're trying yeah yeah no, like, I, I think i think note. a lot of people can benefit go ahead pat complete side note nothing to do with baseball but i was just looking up to see what girl was on the show or woman, she's not. She's not fourteen. But one woman was on the show, and I came across this girl recently, and she's my she's my most recent church on Twitter. That's why I popped up. She is you want to like she is flames, <laughs> but she has got a girl. She got a boyfriend, which is unfortunate. Uh, but she is absolute flames. Have you heard of the young lady named uh, Paige Desorbo? I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> 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 I just realized that. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't. That's outrageous if I did that here. <laughs> outrageous. Uh, <laughs> that would be outrageous. Um, yeah, flames. But anywho, that I just that just popped up. I don't remember the the young lady's name. Uh, is they are your Twitter following in order of le- last followed? No. Well, then I'm not gonna. Oh, I have it. I don't know if I say the name because I feel like I've, sh- I've I've said I think like I've said mean things, and she was very nice. Well, now you kind of have to say it so that people don't go digging into who, who it is. Yeah. You could like one of her tweets and we could go see who it is and then unlike it. Have I liked one of her tweets? No, I haven't. Uh, well, she tweets all the time. So I mean, you I could have. just cover just... your mouth like I did. Okay, well, one hundred. I'll do that 100%. Uh, right. uh, and I'm not sure. You might be able to keep this in, Jake. But So that was the thing that was interesting. She told me she was an, an actress. That's the uh, stack girl? Yeah. She, she was like, <laughs> she was like, uh, she, she's like, yeah, I'm an actress. And I, I was like, oh, what did you do? She's like, I go, okay. What are you doing here? Am I on the wrong set? Am I now? What's going on here? Oh, man. Wow. Okay. I de- definitely never would have guessed that one. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, lovely, lovely I lady. Mean, it's it's in her Twitter bio, like that she's on that show. Yeah. And she has a podcast, a baseball podcast. Yep, yep. That's I see that now. And she was just like, Oh, I'm just Oh, I this has to be cut, so I'm definitely gonna cover my 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 <laughs> my uh my man. <laughs> She's got her, her. You have to cut this, Jake. Otherwise, I'm 100% canceled. Uh, she's got her. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> it means. I think. Right? I don't, I, dude, I don't I fucking don't know. know. A mandatory <laughs> cut from the podcast. Yeah, please. Shake, please. A mandatory cut. <laughs> right. Oh man, good times. That is, I mean, that's that is outstanding. Uh, d- that's an outstanding display of trust in Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to make it. Just yeah. a supreme vote of confidence. Oh man. But yeah, she's very nice. She's very nice, and she again seemingly knew her stuff. But it's like, uh, and again, just to make sure that I'm not, I don't come off as sexist here. Um, 
Tyler also, to me, seemingly knows this stuff, but like, it's like some of the shit he says, I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. So, right, uh, that's that's where I'm going with that. Pat yeah. L confirmed, not a sexist. Yeah, no, not, not even close. Not I'm even not a close. sexist. My mom's a woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love that. Um, oh man, that was good. Good. That was a good little ten minute run there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good bit. <laughs> also. <laughs> Also, we were talking about COVID earlier. Can uh-huh. confirm wearing a mask as of a day ago. Wait, what? That young lady. That young lady I was just talking about. Oh. Mm-hmm. Also, couldn't be me, but to each their own. No, I didn't. I stopped wearing a mask uh, in mid-May of 2020. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a real thing. I'm not surprised. I, I, <laughs> a real thing. I, I was going. I, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like on game. a mission to get canceled yeah. in the last like episode in, in of the season. Thing. He's like, we made it. Yeah. COVID was fake. I've got some things to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God man. damn. Good times. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to hit an outrage just so Pat doesn't get canceled here. Appreciate that. Freshly. Getting back into your normal routine feels great. Managing meal prep on top of all the end of the summer hustle, not so much. Skip all the mealtime stress with Freshly. I thought that one said, skip all the mealtime f- stress with your family and just get Freshly. <laughs> just eat alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go to dinner with your parents Freshly. Freshly's got lunch and dinner covered with fresh made meals delivered right to your door. And now for a limited time, you can unlock exclusive end of the summer savings and get $125 off across your first five orders. Jake, I know is a big time Freshly guy. Uh, Jake, did you have Freshly? Pete too. Did you have Freshly tonight, Jake? Yeah, I have it every night. Every night. I, I didn't know if you were saving it for after the podcast or if you were having it before the podcast. I'll probably have one after too. That's true. Because it only takes three minutes to prepare, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Pete, what's your uh what's your go to with Freshly? I like to switch it up. They've got a good, nice little rotating menu every mm. week. That's they add true. stuff every single week. Yes, and they do. T- today I had some cauliflower bolognese. What in the hell is that? It's it's just like pasta, but instead of it being like actual pasta, it's made from cauliflower. It's actually really fucking good. Okay. Get delicious nutritious prepared meals delivered right to your door fresh not frozen and ready to enjoy and like i just said three minutes no cooking no dishes no trips to the store freshly fits your lifestyle with plans tailored to every dietary preference choose from their signature collection or try their many gluten-free dairy-free plant-based carb smart and calorie conscious menus always perfectly portioned whether you're shopping for one or for the whole family, skip the grocery shopping and dirty dishes without relying on frozen dinners or takeout. Meals arrive cooked and fresh every single week, so there's always something new to try. And now you can try freshly and lock in the huge savings across your first one up podcast. First five yep, orders. There it is. Having one. It's always like when I'm reading something. I don't know if it's like something with my diaphragm where I'm like, there's a talking diaphragm and then there's a reading diaphragm. It's something weird. It's usually like I always hiccup during an ad read. Anyways, having one less thing on your plate never tasted so good. Take advantage of Freshly's end of summer sale and score a special deal. $125 off your first five orders at Freshly.com slash Boston. 
when you order today. That is Freshly.com slash Boston. Freshly.com slash Boston for $125 off your first five orders. <coughs> um, oh, I was just I was just informed that the, they were talking about me on the the dozen, which they had. I think they were in Philly, Philly last night. Um, they were going to use me as a lifeline, like phone a friend for baseball. And uh, I said, I'm at, I'm at the game. So I can't, I can't. Use, didn't you try to use me once? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. I think, I think it was, um, if I remember correctly, it was a, uh, you want me to know what, tell you what ingredients were in a cocktail. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's totally on brand. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> that makes sense. Um Yeah, not that I want to necessarily wrap it here, but I I do want to I do want to thank the listeners for hanging in. I I don't I'm sure that there's some people that fell off along the way. I don't look at the numbers, I'll be honest with you. I fo- I cuz I feel like if I look at the numbers, then like if they're if they spike, I'm like we have to do the show like that every week and if they go down, it's like, "Oh, we got to switch things up." So I just don't even look at them. Like I I leave that up to like if DraftKings is going to be like, hey, like step it the fuck up. I mean, that never happened. Uh, I didn't hear anything about it. So I was like, all right, cool. I mean, we must be doing okay. So yeah, thank, thank you to the listeners. If, you, if, you're, if you're a 162 guy, 162 girl, and uh, you, you either listen to every episode or you listen to a majority of them, we appreciate you hanging in with us because it is a grind to be a 162 guy or girl. And then on top of that, to stay up to date on a podcast about a team that no one really wanted to sit here and watch on a, on a nightly basis. I mean, we all did it. Well, me and Tyler did it and Jake did it. Uh, but to spend the amount of time that you spend watching the team and then also listening to a podcast about said team when that team is not very good, we, we very much appreciate uh, you, you taking the time out of your day to do that because I know that there, there are plenty of other choices that you could have made Netflix, Hulu, all that shit. Um, which is why that's what Netflix, Netflix said that their competitor isn't Hulu. Their competitor is sleep. <laughs> We're competing against sleep, which is insane. But yeah, just, just felt like I, I wanted to say that. To the people. I do want to say too, I, uh, I know we put out a thank you on the podcast account and the amount of people and how quickly like, just the love for number one, the inside jokes of the podcast, like all that kind of different stuff, the subreddit people and everything getting in on it. Like, I don't know. This is my first time being part of something that has like an actual community behind it. And I felt like in a year like this, you don't get by without that community, without those people. Like, come on, let's be real. The last two or three weeks, like you're tweeting highlight videos on Twitter of what's happening in the Red Sox game. Who? 99% of people aren't trying to see that. These people were into it. They were talking about it and they were asking for more. People who were saying like, you know, Jake usually stays up late, props to him to get these episodes uploaded, saying like 3 a.m. like, hey, I have a super early, you know, wake up time. Thank you for getting this out. Like, I don't know. I think that's some of the coolest stuff to see how many people make this a fixture in their daily life that care that much even when the team is bad. I don't know. I don't feel like you can ask for anything more than that. Mm-hmm. I could ask for like a million dollars. Okay. All right, Pete. <laughs> Pat? <clears throat> Two million. 
For what? <laughs> just for being here. No. He, he just said he couldn't ask for more. I I just wanted to prove him wrong. Oh. I could absolutely ask for more. Sure. I mean, I appreciate all the listeners and everybody in the sense of community. It's been great to get back back in. Uh, I do feel somewhat somewhat responsible just based on the way that things have tracked <laughs> in the history. Uh, first season that we did, Section, section 10, yikes. Uh, back, on, back on board this season. And then they also won like the World Series and had the best season ever like the year after I left. So um, that was just a little bit concerning. But people forget the Red Sox won three straight division titles. Like they, the first season of section 10 last place and then three straight division titles. Like that's, that was great for the brand. <laughs> like imagine if they just fucking sucked every year. That would be bad for the brand. Yeah. Good for the brand. Good for the brand. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess, uh, as we go into the off season here, we go back to one podcast a week. Sad. Blame blame the Red Sox for that. We could be talking about playoff baseball, which we will be on Baseball is Dead. We'll be covering playoff baseball. But I want to be talking about Red Sox playoff baseball. Um, so if by the way, we'll we can we can squeeze out uh emergency episodes. Like if Xander signs and we're it's like not a record day. We're we'll fucking get to the back cave. We'll do an emergency pod for Xander or any other big news during the off season. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the first year. Which, by the way, people keep asking about the name. Like, I think I want to I want to like officially change the name to Name Redacted. I hate the fucking Jared Caravas podcast. I've never called it that. Can we do that, Jake? I mean, I'm down. All right. Do you have anything you want to say to the people? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great first year producing the pod. It's been my favorite podcast for probably the last four or five years. So to be able to be on it and producing it and be able to talk every once in a while is awesome. Um, obviously, hopefully we get a better season next year, but it's just been a blast. Love that. There will be better. We'll be better. It has to be. It has to be better. Pat, do they have to be better next year? Do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. Yes, they have to be better. But you don't think they will be. And I didn't say that. There's your time. I, I, no, I didn't, I, it's not that I don't think that they will be. Yeah, be a positive Paul for one second. That I try to be. If you remember correctly, early August, I was the most positive guy in this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's not what I heard today. It's yeah, there's not a lot of positivity yeah, coming positive. out of your I'm, right I'm, I am realistic Ralph right now. Realistic Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, right now, uh, this, the, this team, I don't even think the team lets down. Fuck the team. We put, you know, what I, they did what I expected out of this squad. We, we, the front office lets down. That's what, that's what happened. Front office let us down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't happen. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't happen under me and Jared's watch. No, it really wouldn't. No. It won't happen when we buy the that? Angels. Mm-mm. Also, I, 
We didn't mention anything about Dennis Eckersley. Mention something. Um, there are a couple different. Like I'll play a couple clips here from uh from X final game uh in the broadcast booth. But I mean, this dude. It was uh, I don't want like. I don't want to say like I took it for granted, but I almost did, right? Like I feel like, like I think we were all still processing the loss of Jerry Remy, and then boom, it's like, well, X gone too now. And you're like, what? And because it was always Don and Jerry, Don and Jerry, uh, it's 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 a weird dynamic now with X, where it was like, all right, Don's gone. And then a few years later, Jerry's gone. And then you're like, okay, so now it's completely different. Like, we just got to get used to, it's going to be Eck and OB now. And then X, like, actually, I'm gone too. <laughs> you're like, wait, what the fuck? So, yeah, Eck was kind of like the last link holding the chain together. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Right. But, and- I mean, the dude played 24 years in the big leagues. 24 years in the big leagues, another 20 in the booth. I, I, I mean, the dude has the perfect combo of all the tools that you could possibly need in the booth. Number one, I hate to say it, pitcher. Because now I'm giving Dallas Braden a compliment. I feel like pitchers see the game the best from the broadcast perspective. <clears throat> um, because I want to know, like, as, as, especially as a Hall of Fame pitcher, what are you going with here? Like, I like watching the game through the, the pitcher's perspective, not so much the hitter's perspective. <clears throat> like, I think Jerry Remy was great because he would be like, oh, this is the perfect pitch to steal on right here. Like, this is the perfect pitch to go on. And then the guy would go. Like, that was cool when he did some Tony Romo shit and he could see situations before they panned out. But watching the game with Eck up there, I loved how he could be like, yeah, what, would you, what pitch would you go with here? Or like I, before like the ballpark thing would light up and be like, that was, that was a two-seam fastball. Like Eck would just see the, in real time, he would see like the pitch grip out of a pitcher's hand or he would see the spin on the baseball, the movement on the baseball. And he would know like, yeah, that's, that's a two-seamer. That's a changeup, whatever. Um he was just special like that. So he had the perfect blend of like pitcher's perspective, uh, baseball IQ, sense of humor, likability, relatability, like everything. Because he, I think Tony mentioned how, you know, he wasn't afraid to be human is what Tony said. Well, that's I was, the word that I was just going to say is like, there was like definitely like element of fearlessness from Eck in the booth where like he would say some shit that you'd kind of be like, Oh damn, I can't believe he like said that. Not that it was like offensive or or whatever, or stupid, but it was like normally you'd hear announcers find eloquent ways to sugarcoat it, and sometimes he just didn't do that. And I think people appreciated him for it. Yeah. And like I I don't know, I think that goes back to like the whole David Price thing and hearing Middlebrooks, I felt like that was one of the biggest things I saw people talking about was like really saying how much it affected Eck and like how much it bothered him as a player, you know, to be seen that way or for other, you know, former players to, or, you know, current players to look at him as a former player, a Hall of Famer in that light and to think he doesn't get it. 
that's what made me so happy with the send off today where like number one Alex Core raving about him kind of just going off and talking about how great of a guy and then the players doing what we saw with Orsillo where they all step out they get their minute of just like giving him love and watching Eck cry the last couple nights the only thing I can describe it is like if you have a parent or like your dad or a fatherly like you know kind of person in your life and when they get emotional and they cry and you're just like whoa like it hits different. Like mm-hmm. you almost, you almost, you start to cry too. Cause you're like, I can't believe you're like getting emotional like this. And like, that was my feeling every time you heard his like voice get kind of like weak. The last it's like when days. you hear, uh, it's like when you hear like a father giving away their daughter at a wedding and mm-hmm. like they start to cry. There's like nothing that gets an entire room of eyes wetter faster than hearing a dad cry at his daughter's wedding. Yeah. This is uh this is how they signed off the broadcast. On uh, just thank you, Boston. Thank you, New England, for for having me. You know, forever in my heart, and I'll be back. <laughs> but this is a special, special day, and I will never ever forget it. Thank you, Red Sox. Thank you very much, and Nesson and all the gang. Have a good one. I will. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I mean, uh, the amount of people like there, there were multiple moments like that um, throughout the entire broadcast where Eck was uh, brought to tears, emotional. But that must be so cool to. I mean, imagine, imagine getting to live out the life of a Hall of Fame baseball player go to Cooperstown, make that speech. And like that moment probably feels like, thank you. Thank you, everyone who fucking loved watching me play baseball. I was the best. You're right. <laughs> and getting to like have that like sign off and send off. And like that feels like you closed the ultimate chapter of the thing that defined you. And then you go into the broadcast booth and then a whole nother generation of baseball fans love you for that. Like how many, how many young baseball fans that love Dennis Eckersley on the Nesson broadcast never saw him play baseball? Probably a lot. There are probably Me. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like <clears throat> I don't remember Dennis Eckersley as a baseball player. Like obviously I know him as a baseball player, but I, I don't remember like watching him pitch. Um, so for me, it was just the Eckisms. In the booth, it, that, like that's why I I personally love Dennis Eckersley. Uh, that's why it was so fucking cool to be in the booth for his second to last homestand and put on the headset right next to him. And even if it was a half inning, I don't care. It was still the thrill of a lifetime to be able to to have that experience and him be a part of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I just. Like I've mentioned, this is how my brain works in the past, and it it is a defense mechanism for sure. I don't really process things until I'm absolutely forced to. Like I like Dennis Eckersley being done as a Nesson broadcaster is really not going to hit me until next year, and it may never hit me because I still haven't really accepted that Jerry Remy's gone. Like I think I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter say the same thing that like Jerry's gone. But there's still like a part of you because we were conditioned to it. Like he would leave for extended absences um, when he would get sick again. 
And then he would always come back. So I, I, I'm probably in the same boat of a lot of other Red Sox fans that still think that like, like we know he's not, but your, your brain is kind of holding out hope that, you know, we'll, we'll hear Jerry again, especially because uh, through um, the all year celebrations of Jerry that Nesson did during commercials and through Dennis Eckersley farewell moments, we get to hear Jerry again. Like it doesn't matter if it's, uh, it's if it's a brand new segment or if it's something that happened in the past. Like you get you get like that uh, that your your Remy fix, and I'm sure we'll have that with Eck too. I mean, there's plenty of quotable, replayable Dennis Eckersley moments that I'm sure we'll hear uh, forever. So yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's like Pete said, it's kind of like the, it's the last link. It's the, it's the kind of a, a, the closing of a broadcasting chapter for, for Red Sox fans. But, you know, having Will Middlebrooks on the last episode, I think it's also an exciting time <clears throat> to get, future. yeah, like new blood, <clears throat> you know, you get the, the fucking Millikens of the world that are speaking uh, another language when they talk baseball to some people. Well, we need broadcasters in there that, can decipher that that language and talk about it on 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 the air. Like the younger baseball fans want to talk baseball in a newer age way, and I think that how you appeal to them. Not saying that like Echo was part of the pro, like Echo was fucking great. He could connect to the older audience and the younger audience, but uh, you know, bringing in some some new blood, I think, can sort of usher in this this new age of baseball broadcasters that can, you know retain that that younger audience that baseball so desperately needs so yeah it'll be weird it'll be different but show goes on i will say what felt so different with this one was like when it came to dawn it was like the drama it was behind the scenes dawn was classy like you know he didn't want you know at that time with everything coming out and you know there were stories and whatever it may be but it wasn't something that was being talked about obviously on the broadcast Jerry, we lost. To have to say goodbye over time, I think was a bigger kind of adjustment than a lot of people realize. Where it was like days of like old stories and getting choked up like that. Mm -hmm. And it just it made me happy because I felt like we could appreciate him in the moment and give him his flowers. And I think no matter how long you spend in this organization or in anything, like people in general don't give you your flowers until you're gone. And mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, that's what happened to Jerry. You know, he didn't have his moment in the sun. It felt like Eck got that moment in the sun. Mm -hmm. Like, he got that closure. And that's what made me so happy where he was like, shit, I know how loved I am. And that's mm -hmm. something where I wish Jerry would have had that moment. I don't think Don ever truly got that moment either here. You know, besides that last goodbye, Eck was able to get the full circle. We love you. We appreciate you. And you better be back here. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a morbid thought, but it's almost like he got to go to his own funeral. Exactly. Like you got to see everyone be like, we fucking love this guy. Thank you for everything that you've done, for all that you mean to us, for all that you've given us as fans and then as coworkers and then the players. I mean the players and and Alex Cora all showing their respect too. So yeah, like that must be pretty cool to 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 live that twice. Like I said, you have like the Hall of Fame speech, you have the end of your playing career, you have the Hall of Fame, and then you have this broadcasting career where you know a whole different generation and 
community of baseball fans uh, show you a ton of love and appreciation on your way out. So best of luck to Eck in the next chapter. I know he's uh, <clears throat> he's going back home to be a, a grandfather. I think he said his grandkids are twins and they just turned four yesterday. Correct. So that's pretty fucking cool. So thank you, Eck, for the memories. And uh, I guess it's it's just a new chapter. Um, Don't fuck around, Nesson. Find find and commit to the next, you know, whether it's Middlebrooks and Uke, one of them, whatever it may be, commit. You have to commit to somebody. Please. You know who they yeah, should hire? I'd, I'd really like to get like a consistent booth going where like there's the element of familiarity. It's nice to hear new voices worked in every once in a while, but like make them as guests, not as like, hey, we're trying this person out over a fucking 162 game season. Would love to like know who I'm going to hear when I turn on a game every night. You know who they should hire? Who? Patrick James Light. Pat, would, mm-hmm. would you sign the deal? <clears throat> How much? How <laughs> much, Pat? Oh, I don't know. Uh... <sighs> Is it? I don't know how much it would take. It would. It. It would be tempting. I, I think I probably ultimately turn it down. Um. But it'd be really tempting. I just don't want to go through a whole baseball season. <laughs> this guy hates baseball. <laughs> like I just. I would. I would. I'm also like that group doesn't doesn't Nesson go? Do they go on the road with you? Yeah, yeah I can't remember. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm fucking playing baseball all over again. <laughs> I, I don't know that I, I, I don't blame so much. You. you miss like the entire summer. You got to travel a bunch. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's like such a dream job for a lot of people, but man, that's a grueling gig for a media gig. I don't think that I could turn. I think the number that gets me to start thinking about it uh, for a, for a, I have to go down to spring training too, I guess. You're doing you're doing at least half the games. Okay, so let's say let's just say we start March first and we and let's go worst not wor- worst case as far as like how long the year goes, but best case scenario is we want the Red Sox to win. So let's say you know. Well, you wouldn't be doing playoff. Yeah, your games. season's the same no matter what. Oh, it is. You don't do that. It's oh, it's nationally televised, I guess, for mm-hmm, the playoff mm-hmm. games. Yeah, got it. All right, so you're going through September. I'm saying. Uh, the number that gets me to consider it, I mean, we're we're north of a quarter of a million. We might be, I might, I, I'd say if you start saying a quarter of a million dollars, I'm starting to consider it, but I'm still probably saying no. I'm really thinking about it at a half a million for the year. I thought for sure you were going to. I thought your number was going to be way higher. Yeah, I thought you were going to throw out an outlandish number and be like, no, it's got to be at least seven two million. Figures. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna, expecting seven now, figures. The, when you put it into like real terms, it's like, all right, so everything's paid for. I'm, I'm traveling with the team, all these things. So I'm coming away with more than a half a million. But you know, to get a half a million dollars to you know, talk about the Red Sox all year, I think that I think I think I'm I'm like I said I'm not saying a hundred percent I would say that yes at half a million, but I'm certainly starting to consider it at a half a million. 
Uh, I, I don't think if you if you threw a million dollars at me, I, I'm probably saying yes. I'm telling you right now that number would be like south of 500. I think. Yeah. So I probably I'm probably saying no. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be very thankful for the opportunity, uh, and I would I would I would turn it down with the hope that they would do what kind of what Pete was talking about, like you know have me on as a guest every now and again. Like not a consistent voice, kind of like I am with this show, um, but like yeah, we can't yeah, even get I, you to fucking commit to once a week for Z- from your call. apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly like it's just my like I have a, such a you have to think consider like like I don't think I've ever said this like in this way, but this is how I talk to people when I'm pitching them to invest in my places. Um, like this to me is like me trying to make the big leagues again. Uh, so like. All of my time is in, is pretty much invested in this and trying to do that. Like, like I don't make TikToks because I have fun making TikToks. <laughs> I make TikToks because fucking all these rich ass motherfuckers who will give me a ton of money to go invest in these places uh, love to invest with people that are seemingly famous in some regard. They love that shit. They give you more money because of it. So it's just it's Fair. more valuable. So it's just it is what it is. That is yeah, hard. so no, I like I don't. It's, it's tough for me to get it's tough for me to get on a Zoom call, let alone <clears throat> live in Boston for the summer. That's true. Yeah. So dream gig seems like the studio gig. Like you just show up to the studio, you don't have to travel. You can just watch the game. I don't even think like like TC. I told I talked about TC's gig the other day, and it's like I mean you're same thing. It's fucking. No, it's a grind no matter what. It's a grind no matter what, especially for baseball, especially for baseball. I feel like them when the rain delays and shit and they are just sitting there like four, like the other, what, last night where they're trying to talk about like four and a half innings of baseball and it's just repeat and repeat and repeat. They're talking about like individual like plays that don't even mean anything just to get by. That sounds brutal. And, And it's not even like. And you can't fuck around. Like it's not the platform to joke around or do whatever. You know, you can't bullshit. No, and and the other thing too about like it doesn't matter home road. Like you're at the studio at what probably like three p.m. and you're there until midnight. Like when do you see your family? <laughs> like that must be so difficult to be able to do that job. And like you don't have weekends. It's not a nine to five. It's, I'm sure that they're you know they take yeah. time off here and there. But for a big chunk of the year, you're just at the studio. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what our you know what our uh, a bit should be for us next year is uh, whenever there's a rain delay during the season, we should do we should immediately hop on a live stream and like compete with Nesson to see who can come up with the most bullshit fucking stalling <laughs> tactic content <laughs> that we can think of. I would love that. We can talk about the texture of the tarp. Yeah, it's time for <laughs> rain delay wars, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I would actually feel bad doing that because it's like, God damn it! Like it's hard enough as it is, and now, now you're just redirecting people away. <laughs> LL Bean is going to be pissed about this. <laughs> Nobody is madder than Jim Rice. If you look at Jim Rice during the oh, like you see the anger on his face, the pure disgust and. You know, TC is always going to sit there with a smile on his face because he's just like, that's that's who he is. Jim Rice, he's not hiding it. Not one bit. Jim Rice, Jim Rice commands so much respect that he got me to wear a suit yesterday. 
Jared, you command so much respect. You got him to laugh. I've I never seen Jim Rice laugh in my life. A lot of people said that. They're like, you might have been the first person to make him laugh on the air. And I'll, I'll wear that badge of honor. Uh, I think I still, even though I wore the suit, I think I ultimately still disgust him. But uh, that's fine. Because I got, I got a laugh out of Jim Rice. And that, that was the goal, was to go in there and, and make Jim Rice laugh. And, and he did. Because I, I know like when I showed up in there, I asked ahead of time. The first time when I went on the pregame with Brock, I asked ahead of time, hey, do I have to wear a suit or a button up? They're like, no, like just, just look nice. Like You don't have to wear a suit or anything, but like, look like how you would dress for like a first date or something. So I did. And then he was disgusted at my... My choice of wardrobe. He was like, oh, this is why you don't have a girlfriend. You dress like this on first dates. Yeah. You fucking scrub. Yeah. So he was not pumped about that. And so I wore... I, I literally have not worn that suit since I was doing the baseball show, which I stopped doing in 2017, I believe. I knew it looked familiar. <laughs> I was trying to put my finger on it. That is mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow. I haven't worn that suit since I was on the baseball show in 2017. And... Dusted it off for Jim Rice. Walked in there, full suit. He looked at me, gave me like the 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 fist bump. He's like, I appreciate that. I was like, Yeah. I texted TC earlier today. I was like, Listen, if if Jim Rice is there, I'm going full suit. So who's on the pregame? If it's Wakefield, I might go like collared shirt, something like that. Like I'm not gonna go like super fancy. But if if it's Jim, I'm going full suit. And he was like, It's me, you, and Jim. And I was like, Done. See you, full suit. I almost wore a tie, but I don't know how to tie a tie. Uh, so I walked in there and said that, got the got the laugh, got out of there, and call it a season. <laughs> that was it. Shout out to those who still have their mom doing their laundry. That is yeah. a respectable attribute to have. Well, she's paid. Jesus. She's paid. She's paid. Fuck yeah. you. She's Jesus. paid. My mom isn't paid, but I do well, appreciate her efforts. That's that's different. You don't. You, you. I mean, you must have laundry in your building, but you just choose not to use it. I don't know how, dude. I mean, do you I, have a laundry hookup in your apartment? I have washer and dryer in unit. Oh my god, respect! I have oh washer and dryer in unit, and I just throw my clothes in like a laundry bag. And whenever I go home, I just pop oh the god. trunk, bring them in there. She washes so you, them. You say you them. don't know how to do laundry? Yeah. When that, I live. That's not crazy. When I first that's moved, fucking up, crazy fucking for an crazy. adult man. And uh, nope, nope, no, that, it's not. You're when Tyler. I, you're not an adult man. I'm sorry. So you're when not, I, you're not yet an adult man. Jared I, is absolutely an adult. When man. I moved out of my parents' house, I moved in with like four of my friends, two of which were like my best friend and his wife, and then her two brothers that are also like my best friends. Uh, and I paid her to do my laundry when we all lived together. And then I moved to New York City and there's wash and folds everywhere. So I paid to have my laundry done when I lived in New York, which is what a lot That's of people not do. Crazy. That's not crazy. In New York thing. is not crazy. But you paying somebody that you live with to do your laundry. I don't. It, that's crazy. No, it's not. That's called mm-hmm. a business decision. No. Because if I if I pay no, her, it's called d- a necessity decision. It's nope. a necessity nope. decision. Yes, nope. You don't know nope. how to do it. You just said you don't know how to do laundry. I if you knew how out. to do laundry and you decided that like, hey, this isn't out. worth my time. No, I can figure it out. Can't be I, that hard. 
It, it's 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 time that I don't have really during the baseball hard. season. It's time that I don't have during the baseball season. So I you pay someone to do that. The machines do it for you. Yeah, like it, you put, don't, you're not it toiling in, over the washing it, of clothes. Fucking then you got to oh, fucking no, 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 then you got to fold on. it all. Fold it. I'll say then folding you got to fold it all. Then you got to put it all away. Like even even though I don't even do my own laundry, I like once I get the three bags of fucking clean clothes, bring it back to my apartment. I don't even put them away for like two weeks. Sometimes I don't even have time to put them away. It's been this is bananas. If you do, yeah, your my own schedule laundry, is bananas. You're right. You're right. My, my if you do fucking, your own laundry, it takes like a twenty, like fifteen minutes out of your day. No, it doesn't. Yes, to, it does. To do it and fucking fold it all, you yes. don't no. do anything. You don't do the doing is nothing. Yeah, you can't just you're taking same. dirty clothes and you're shoveling them yeah. into a washing no, machine. Well, you got to pour the syrup and in there or whatever. The, the syrup. syrup. Oh, oh my Jesus Christ! The syrup. <laughs> What's it called? Detergent? Yeah, the, detergent. The, you what just you called syrup? Wa- you just called washing detergent syrup. That's <laughs> what it looks like. I mean, Tyler definitely. Do you call Tide soap pot. soup? No. no, I just use the bathroom soup over there. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need it. We we have a tie break here. We we have two and two. Jake, do you do your own laundry? I do my own laundry, but if I could pay someone, I would do that. Oh, oh yeah, right. that's, that's totally listen, fair. Who that's what I'm, I'm saying. surprised like, Pat doesn't. You don't pay someone to do your laundry, dude? No, I, I actually mandate because me bringing my laundry, some, I, I obviously have dry cleaning, but me bringing my laundry to a wash and fold and then having to go pick it up and bring it back, I, I mandate any place I live in has to have the, uh, the stuff inside the unit because I, I, you're doing it, like, like Pete said, we're just throwing it in there and then I throw it in the other machine. For, to, both take about 30 seconds. And then the worst part happens where you got to fold it. The the only like I definitely don't criticize anybody who like doesn't want to do their own laundry. It's the not knowing how to do your own laundry that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And we're not asking for a lot here. It's not like me and Pierre being like, you know, separate your colors from your whites. <laughs> Oh, this that could have been a really bad if that just if that just just clipped. <laughs> We're not really talking about segregation for the second time. <laughs> that is a really bad clip. Uh, but <laughs> we're not asking for a lot here, guys. We're just simply asking to take all the clothes well, and put it in one thing. Here, here's what it is for I me. I do separate mine, by the way. Do you? You uh, have to. I separate. I, you don't have, I have to a, if you put it on the right settings. Yeah, but if like I have a white for, shirt, I do. Yeah. So... This is the issue for me is I don't want to fucking ruin all of my clothes. I could probably figure out how to do my laundry, but I have lived in one, two, three, four, four different places in the last five years. So every time I move, it's a different fucking washer and dryer. I got to ruin the really, thing all over again. That nope. doesn't really matter. Nope. All you need it to does. know, it cold does. water, nope. cold water, and like... Permanent press. Yep, that's no. it. There's too many. Yep. There's too many nope. things to remember. And no, nope. I, I don't I'm trust myself stressed. to not ruin an entire load of laundry. No. Nope. Nope. So here's the thing, Jared. You can't no, do that the most. The only time that you'll ever be. ruin anything is like leaving shit in your pockets. Like I've left fucking pens and like chapstick and shit that that sometimes fucks up my clothes. But you're not gonna ruin your clothes from the actual wash because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. not that simple, dude. It's pretty pretty simple. And anything that's super important that you don't want to ruin, you just fucking send to dry cleaning. And you got a doorman at your place, don't you? Yeah. He'll probably fucking do it for you. <laughs> you I, so? I, I take all my dry cleaning. I put it in this little bag. They have my credit card and file. Give it to my doorman. He calls me when when it's back at the place, and I fucking do, and they put it on hangers for you. You just throw it in your fucking closet. It's magnificent. I just imagine Jared walking down to the lobby of his building with like a fucking hamper of dirty clothes, <laughs> just dumping on the doorman's desk. <laughs> Call me when it's ready. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. I have clothes I like in here. <laughs> yeah, don't bring your hamper. <laughs> I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with. Mm-hmm. Having my mom do my laundry. There How old is, are you, Jared? There is doesn't when matter you, when you do it because matters. you can't. <laughs> matters. Doesn't matter. Matters. You're one year older than me, right? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Are you 89 or 90? 89. Yeah, so two years older than me. Uh, so you have officially entered your mid 30s. No. Early yeah. 30s. Early 30s. No. What, what do we got? I, do we have mid 30s as 33 to 37 or 34 to 36? Uh, I'll give 33 as early. Thank okay. you. Okay. So you are in the last year of your early 30s. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 listen, if, if your mom wants to do your laundry, mm-hmm. you know, so be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, all we're asking is that you know how to do your laundry if something were to arise where you needed to. Like what? Like, do you know? Like if, if let's say your mother, you needed laundry and your mother was away. Mm-hmm. Are you opting to go out and purchase a brand new uh, outfit, <laughs> or are you doing the load of laundry? Definitely just wearing something that's clean. dirty. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. no let's say you you have you're out of clothes. Out of clothes. Out uh, of clothes. Just, I, yeah, just buy something. You're just gonna go out and buy something. Yeah, or I would like have someone come here and do my laundry. You- <laughs> We gotta end this show. <laughs> I'm hearing valid points right now. Shut yeah. up, Tyler. He's spitting. He's, he's spitting. He's not rapping. Shut the hell up. <laughs> no, this, this, this is reality. If you don't have to do it, why do it? That's Jerry what... just seems to find the easier path in the more efficient way. Yeah. Tyler, knowing your habits, you should be the first person learning how to do your own laundry. No, 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 no. First off, I was a commuter in college, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about it. And I still live at home, so I've yet to have to take that step in my life. I'll take it one day. Tyler, let me tell you something right now. Speak to me. You never have to take that step. <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm, these are great points right here. Why, why go through that struggle? Why go through that trauma? Don't know. You don't have to. Don't let these people bully you. They're just mad because like, they have to do their fucking laundry. And it's, it, it is what it is. Like, they can make it sound like, well... Eventually, you just hit a certain age where, like, you got to do it doing, yourself. I've been, I've been doing, doing myself. My I've been doing my own laundry since I was like twelve years old. Years old, man. That's sad for since you. fucking twelve, bro. Guess what? I've been doing it since never, and I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank like, you. I, it's like you, you act like you went to like fucking Baghdad. Like I've been doing this since fucking like twelve years. I did three tours. We're talking about cleaning fucking boxer shorts. That's Who gives a shit if I do it or not? Well, no, all I'm saying is that I've been doing it since I'm tw- like my point by saying I've been doing it since I'm 12 is like like a, like a guy who can barely hit puberty can barely pop a boner. 
can do his own laundry. Put it this way. Half Dude, a why are you placing on us it right is, now? It's the optics of it. Like, so I also, I also use Freshly as a meal order service because I don't have time to cook dinner. So if I don't have time to do my laundry, why is it that, like I'm not an adult? You can't hold you on. Can't hold take on. A sta- you can't I'm take not, a stack of ingredients and throw an, it on the stove I'm not and an walk adult. away for I'm not 45 minutes. Because I don't do my laundry. But if I use freshly, then I'm I'm being financially that's, responsible. That's and an entirely different. No, it's not. Com- it doesn't no, it's compare. Not. No, it's not. Yes, it does. Listen no, to me. You can't no, take you can't take no, all of the ingredients to make a meal and throw it on the stove no. and walk away for 45 minutes. No, yeah, I don't have time to and do that. And then come back and have a fully cooked meal. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. That's uh, that's nope. what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, the, like that's so, why I order freshly. So that's why yeah, exactly. So if I have freshly for my dinner because I don't have time to cook it, then if I don't have time to do my laundry, oh, I'm now now I'm not an adult. Or no, you, what if I'm to reach. On, What if I'm so fucking busy working and nope. and providing for my family that I don't have time to cook? So that's called just working hard and be that's being a man, being an adult is providing for your family, working my ass off, but I don't have time to cook dinner. That's fine, but I don't have time to fucking scrub my undies and now I'm not an adult. What? That doesn't Jared, make any sense. Jared, that doesn't make any Jared, sense. Do you, do you have sex? What? No. This is the difference. Yeah, you oh. have sex late at night. <laughs> you can it's, do your laundry late at no. night. You can even sleep while well, it's no. going. No. If he's doing laundry, he's missing out on the sex. See, this right. is what you guys don't <laughs> understand. Exactly. No, you guys aren't Thank 162 you. guys. 162 <laughs> guys don't have time for anything but this shit. This I, is all we do. All we don't I have, have time, time for fucking laundry. Yeah. Get out of here. All I do is work, watch baseball, work out, and suck boobs. That's it. <laughs> That's it. No laundry, no cooking, nothing. That's what I do. That's what I do. And if I if I can take something off my plate so that I have more time to work, more time for bobes, then I'm gonna do it. That's gotta be freshly, the title of this episode. Freshly priorities. My mom doing my laundry. Yeah. Name of the episode, last episode of the season, more time for boobs. Yep. <laughs> no more yep. Red Sox, more time for boobs. I love boobs. They're the best. Everybody Big loves fan. boobs. It's yeah. like the one universal thing yeah. that everybody in the world fucking loves. Yeah. Straight right. guys, gay guys, women. Everyone. Everybody. Everyone loves boobs. Loves boobs. Even, even <laughs> like the first thing that you're taught to do when you exit the womb is love tits. Right. That is literally the first human instinct that a person has right. is to love boobs. Yeah. God bless boobs. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want to end in a, any different note this season. <laughs> We're sick. We're some sick fucks. Protect your peace, King. We'll see you next week. Buenas noches, amigos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.